0: McCartan Sports Radio 1019FM
1: Good morning New York sports fans. I'm back. I'm Danielle McCartan. Danielle in the daytime. McCartan in the morning. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up until 1 p.m. today. Pat Boyle and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio here in Lower Manhattan. You guys know the number. It's already pre-programmed into your phones. 877-337-6666. And as always, let's blow them up with your best content only. And guess what? I I got a special treat for the Giants fans out there and basketball fans alike. My very first in-studio guest will be joining us. Madeline Burke, TV hostess extraordinaire for MSG Network. And the New York Giants will be here, sitting next to me, live, beginning at 12 p.m. So I am very excited for that, and I hope you are too. And let's start right there with the two dismal football teams that this New York metropolitan area call home. My girl, Taylor Swift, has got a message for both the Giants and the Jets. Soon you'll
2: get better, ooh Soon you'll get better, ooh-ah.
1: Better soon. Cause you have to. right i mean there's only up to go from here jets fans let me ask you first i'll take you what was the single most important objective for this team coming into this season go ahead speak it into your listening device the development of the rookie quarterback zach wilson i just heard you say that i did all in unison In fact, if we were playing Family Feud right now, that would be the number one answer. Taylor Swift says it'll get better soon because it has to, right? Well, as the NFL season sits right now on the precipice of the Jets' week 15 game, by the way, of the extended season this year, don't forget. That went fast, didn't it? That objective that you just talked into your listening device has, over the course of the last 15 weeks, evolved into a quantifiable goal. That's just how these things work. So the essential question is, has Zach Wilson, the quarterback that the New York Jets selected with their number two overall pick in this most recent draft, has Zach Wilson shown improvement? Has Zach Wilson met the benchmark, the player growth objective? All my teacher friends are are chuckling at that one that the front office and the coaching staff set for him for this 2021 season. The answer for me, and I really, I really hate to say this. It's a resounding no. Unfortunately, Zach Wilson has not improved this season. And the reason why I hate saying this is because I cautioned everyone right here on these airwaves to cool their jets no pun intended, about having a rookie quarterback as part of a trio, which also featured a first-time head coach and a first-time offensive coordinator. I am the conductor of the Zach Wilson is a rookie quarterback in New York City, so cut him some slack train. But I don't see much improvement. That's a fact. Growing pains. Everyone I know that listens to my show expected it. But what not everyone was expecting was a quarterback whose skills have not improved at the NFL level. I mean, look at Zach Wilson last week against the Saints. At home. 202 yards. But 4.8 yards per attempt. So bad. A 59.8 rating for the game. Really bad. Zero touchdowns. You can't win games in today's NFL if you can't score touchdowns. But hey. No interceptions either. (laughs) Wow. For those fans that are looking for improvement in the quarterback department, do not hold your breath. The number two overall pick, can we get a price check on aisle two? Furthermore, just last week against the Saints, who, by the way, are on the outside looking into a playoff spot. They are not a top team in the league. The most alarming pieces of the puzzle are in that game, Zach Wilson had a season-low completion percentage of only 45%. And Zach Wilson had a season-high 13 off-target passes. Now, listen, I know he was working without Elijah Moore and without Corey Davis, but come on. That is, that 45% that Zach Wilson posted against the Saints, that is the second-lowest completion percentage among all quarterbacks in the league so far this season those are pitiful numbers and while completion percentage might not be his fault because of the fact that his top two pass catchers were out how about those 13 off target passes how about those missed throws to the easy targets within 10 yards last week Zach Wilson hit only 55% of them the kid can't hit the broadside of a barn if he's standing 10 yards away from it or less on the season wilson has a horrible touchdown to interception ratio and it's six touchdowns to 11 interceptions and a bad 65.3 cumulative rating and only 6.1 yards per pass attempt so to me zach wilson's progression through this season is just unacceptable and I feel like I'm not being unreasonable or, or hypercritical or speaking in hyperbole. Because listeners of the show no, I don't really do that. But the results speak for themselves on the field every Sunday. And with that, as you know, the Jets are officially and mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. And this is the first time that I'm on the air since that inevitable likelihood occurred this past Sunday. And listeners of my show also know what happens when our teams get mathematically eliminated from the playoff contention around here. Let's just say I've got a special McCartan send-off for the New York Jets coming up soon. Get ready for it. I've got a prop right here in the studio. And for both of our New York metro area teams, and I have to say that way because you know what? Someone already has their Twitter fingers ready to tell me that the Buffalo Bills are the only real New York team Relax. So both of our New York metro area teams, it's safe to say that our Jets and our Giants have their eyes glued to the 2022 draft order. And as it stands right now, the overall pick order will be this. Number four overall go to the Jets. Number five overall goes to the Giants. Number six overall goes to the Giants. And number seven overall goes to the Jets. Those few minutes are going to be more exciting than all of the minutes of football combined for both teams this season. And the Jets' plan to get better soon seems, I think, a little bit more clear than the Giants. While the Giants are not listed on NFL.com as being on the bubble... They are not yet listed on the eliminated list either. So in this purgatory, the Giants' earners ownership has many monumental questions to answer regarding the direction of this franchise, and that is not hyperbole either. From who will be quarterbacking the team beyond this season, and by the way, what's really going on with Daniel Jones' neck? Who will be holding the coach, head coach's clipboard beyond this season? And who will be making the Giants' prime draft picks that ones that the Giants cannot and the Jets cannot afford to miss on Daniel Jones to return it's inevitable and it's the right move the Giants stance on Joe Judge is according to to SNY's Ralph Vacchiano this is a quote from Ralph he said widely expected to be brought back for his third season with the Giants this is Joe Judge and that multiple team and league sources said the belief is Judge's job is safe and the expectation is that Dave Gettleman will retire at season's end. So Joe Judge's staying power is going to have a huge influence over who they're going to hire. So while the Jets' path, I think, seems a little bit more clear in the sense of uh, you know organizational alignment and things like that, I, I think the Giants is-, is a little muddy. But Jones, I expect to be back. Judge, I expect to be back. And, and Dave Gettleman will be expected to retire at season's end. I would like to see who the Giants would bring in at GM um, in, in 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 comparison or in, in pairing with head coach Joe Judge. Who
3: can it be now? Who can it be now?
1: Yeah, who, who can it be now? Let's just all be thankful for the Mets who are giving us some real baseball to talk about for the time being. Since the last time that you and I have spoken, the team has narrowed down its managerial candidates to three. Matt Quatraro, I guess that's Italian, Quatraro, the, the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach, Joe Espada, the Houston Astros bench coach, and Buck Walter, who most recently served as a Yankees analyst with the Yes Network. So the Mets hiring party met with three of these men last week, Quatraro on Tuesday, Espada on Thursday, and Walter just yesterday, Friday. You know, I, I I think hiring Buck Showalter would be a huge mistake for the Mets. But then again, one of my main qualifications, as if I'm part of this hiring committee, is for the new manager to have prior Major League Baseball level managing experience. Actually, I loved reading John Heyman's tweet on Thursday. And if you missed it, it said, and here's a direct quote, it said from John Heyman, Here, Rays bench coach Matt Quatraro made a great impression with the Mets higher-ups. Showalter seems like a safe choice due to successful MLB track record, but here it's more divided than fans slash media expect. Good. If you're a fan of this show, you know that I am not sold on Buck Showalter at all. So if you're a fan of this show and you read Heyman's tweet, you might not have been too surprised, but do not include me in the Showalter is a shoe-in category because I am not and never was. Why would hiring Buck Showalter be a mistake? And I know people out there love him, love the idea of him. I get it. It's clearly, it's not personal. I've never even met the guy. But what I can go on are some crucial points. Yes, he's going to straighten this ship out. No doubt. He's a guy that can manage with an iron fist. No doubt. But... Just be open-minded to the fact that other guys might have that experience too. They could also do that. So if that's your number one sticking point for Buck Showalter, maybe you might want to reconsider. And I think, for me, the biggest deal about Buck Showalter, and I know you're, you're dialing up the phone number right now. I get it. But for me, the biggest deal, hear me out, is the fact that his teams are bad in the postseason. I mean, the Mets, with that owner, with that roster, they want to win a World Series. And Showalter, by the way, in all of his managerial experience, has not won a World Series. Like, A, the thought that he didn't make the in-game decision to go to all-star pitcher Zach Britton in a game that his Orioles ultimately lost would make Mets fans riot around here. And not really, I don't condone rioting whatsoever at all. It's just a figure of speech here. And B, there were all kinds of high expectations for his Orioles team. The bottom line is, he had eight full seasons with them. And three postseason appearances. And, and you can't tell me he didn't have talent on those teams. I mean, I looked at just one of those rosters. Adam Jones, Zach Britton, Jake Arietta, Manny Machado, Chris Davis when he was good, Nick Marquez, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway about Buckshaw Showalter that I could preach to you right now is that his postseason winning percentage, 391. Nine wins. 14 losses. Buck Showalter's postseason winning percentage, 391. But then you look at the other two candidates and you see that neither of them possess the the managerial experience at the major league level that I know I'm looking for. That's a major qualification for me. So this is just, to me, so Mets. Buck Showalter, it's going to be, you'll see. But who I wanted them to hire was Mike Schilt. But the Mets didn't even want to interview him. Or maybe it's because he had already actually agreed in principle or on, on in terms with the Major League Baseball commissioner's office. Yeah, Mike Schilt has taken a job in the on-field operations department. So good for him. But I, I think he would have been a good fit for the Mets. Buck Walter, it's gonna be. I know it. It's inevitable. You know, death, taxes, and and Buck Showalter to the Mets. But I just want to caution you. I don't want the phone calls coming in October. Oh, we lost. You know, he didn't put in whoever to pitch or what whatever in game decision he he flubbed. I don't want to hear it. I'm gonna point to this date, December 18th, Saturday at 10:15 in the morning. Buck Showalter's postseason winning percentage is
3: 391. This I
1: I promise you. Oh, that's NSYNC. You know it. Takes me back. Takes me back. This, I promised you, was John Marks' promise to you and to the baseball community in early October. Here it is in full. This is a quote from a statement from John Marks. Given the evolving nature of the situation and after thorough deliberation, we have decided Kyrie Irving will not play or practice with the team until he is eligible to be a full participant. Kyrie has made a personal choice, and we respect his individual right to choose. Currently, the choice restricts his ability to be a full-time member of the team, and we will not permit any member of our team to participate with part-time availability. I gave that the big-time McCartan stamp of approval in October, and I get this notification last night saying that Kyrie Irving is going to be back to able to play on a part-time basis. You're going to have to believe me on this one and trust me on this one when I tell you, and I promise you, if you will, that I typed this phrase out yesterday morning. I promise you. I have it on Google Docs. I could probably recover it and screenshot it for you. I wrote, Kyrie Irving is coming back. So when that notification came on my phone last night to confirm what I already thought was a foregone conclusion, I was not surprised at all. Just follow the breadcrumbs from this week alone. First, those reports from The Athletic early on in the week. Second, the Instagram video of him lacing up his shoes or or whatever. Third was on Thursday. Steve Nash, concerned with Kevin Durant's minutes, said it's not safe or sustainable to lean on him like that, which I agree. And then finally, Friday, Kyrie Irving will be back on a part-time basis. You know, I'm disappointed in the Brooklyn Nets. And you know what? John Marks, should consider a run for political office with this massive flip-flop. He's allowing something to happen that he explicitly said and promised you that he was not going to allow happen. Exactly this. Unvaccinated Kyrie Irving will be back with the Brooklyn Nets on a part-time basis. And then John Marks put out a statement late last night or later on. Very, I don't know what time it was. I was at a wedding last night. But it read, after discussions with our coaches, players, and you know what? For me, I would just scratch out that word players and just put Kevin Durant's name there. So this really should read. After discussions with their coaches and Kevin Durant and staff, the organization has decided to have Kyrie Irving rejoin the team for games and practices for which he is eligible to participate. We arrived at this decision with the full support of our players. <clears throat> we'll get to that in a second. And after careful consideration of our current circumstances, including players, missing games due to injuries and health and safety protocols. We believe that the addition of Kyrie Irving will not only make us a better team, but allow us to more optimally balance the physical demand of the entire roster End quote. That's the, the statement from John Marks from, from last night, you know, When is the next political election around here? Because let's all write in John Marks after this performance. I think this is a corny decision. I think it's a corny flip flop in philosophy. And he did the right thing to begin the season. And we talked about it at length, you and I. And now he went back on everything that he said. And by the way, this has been in the works even longer than anyone actually really even knows or or wants to believe. Because the Nets actually got the city of New York to classify their training facility as an office building, not as a gym, so that Kyrie Irving can practice there whenever he decided to stroll back onto this team. You know, I told you when this happened that Irving probably did not want to be bothered with playing in regular season games. I said it. Go back on the tape. 29 games into the season with plans to only play in a fraction of the remaining of the game sounds like the perfect plan. And getting paid to do it. I mean, look at it. If he starts immediately, which I don't think he will, but if he does, there are 27 away games left for the Nets. Minus two at the Garden here in New York City and minus one in Toronto that unvaccinated players cannot play in. So that leaves 24 games for Kyrie Irving to play in and and 24 games worth of minutes to ramp up with for a playoff run. You know, I learned this phrase in freshman honors English class in high school, and and maybe I'm not going to say it right. It's a Latin phrase. Deus ex machina. It's Latin, and it translates to God out of a machine. In other words, and I looked up the definition, an unexpected power or event saving a seemingly hopeless situation, especially as a contrived plot device or in a play or novel. And I know what's going on in Brooklyn is not a uh, hopeless situation, but... An unexpected power in a contrived plot in a play or novel. Like, this is the novel of the Nets this season. Unvaccinated Kyrie Irving to come in with his cape on and save the Nets championship aspirations down the stretch because Kevin Durant's number of minutes that he's been logging is is a concern. And, you know, I can't wait for the first reporter to ask him if he has any plans to become vaccinated. That's going to be an interesting answer because the Nets are currently in first place Without him. Will his return help the Nets on the court? Absolutely. Going back to that statement from John Marks, he said the addition of Kyrie Irving will not only make us a better team, but allow us to be optimally manage our, our roster. Okay, fair praise at the end there. But absolutely, it's going to help. Yes, he would give less workload for his teammates. He's another threat on the court to have to game plan against, and he's an exceptional basketball player. So yes, all of those things are true. But as a teammate... I mean I guess I would hap- be happy about that but I would not me personally would not be happy with these changing of the rules what if I did not want to get a vaccination and did because in order to play on my let's just say I'm a you know a, a, not a star player but I didn't want to get the vaccination and I did so that I can play I wouldn't be happy about this after that hardline stance with, with Irving I wouldn't be down with that. Not at all. And, you know, this entire metamorphosis. Would this happen if this this person, player X, was a B, C, or D-list player? The correct answer, it, it shouldn't matter who it is. And I love that John Marks' statement from last night read, we arrived at this decision with the full support of our players. Again, I ask like I did when this whole drama started months ago. How many players are actually on board with it? How many players have to actually put out a public smile and say kumbaya and, and really don't want to be any part of this and have any part of this? But here's the million-dollar question. Shouldn't the Nets want to position themselves where they're going to want the seed that's going to give them the most amount of away playoff games? I mean, unless, of course, I, Kyrie Irving has plans to roll up his sleeve. But along those lines of thought, him coming back now – to me, sounds just too early for that. I mean, they're still in first place in the Eastern Conference. And I'll tell you right now if you're going to call up here and talk about and pretend to be a scientist and pretend to be a doctor, Pat Boyle, you get, we're looking at each other. You're not taking those phone calls. We were talking about Kyrie Irving and what it means to this team from a basketball standpoint. You start going into all that, I'm cutting you off. I'm warning you right now. You have fair warning. Call me up with your basketball takes and how it affects the team and the team chemistry and all that. Welcome it. Bring it. But vaccination talk, scientific, whatever, it's not allowed here. This is a sports show. So let's get it going. I've set the table for you. I can't wait to talk with you at 877 337 6666. I am Danielle McCartan in the daytime on the fan. In New York City. Pat Boyle's on the ones and twos. Taking your calls behind the glass. You know, as, uh, and I'm getting a bunch of tweets saying, like, uh, oh, how could you say Buck Showalter is a mistake? I point to 391 postseason, um uh a record, a winning percentage, 391, okay? And the problem is that, that the Mets need somebody with managerial experience. It's going to be Buck Showalter. And in and, and these in-game decisions, how, how do you take Zach, not put Zach Britton in, your all-star closer, in a game that you lost, an elimination, elimination game that you lost? I mean, come on. But, you know, as you might imagine, between my day job and, and this job, you know, I don't have much free time, but I was told and I have been told by many people that I need to watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV. It's sports related. So I'm going to talk about it here with you. And the short story of this whole plot is it's, it's about an American football coach who has to go and coach premier league soccer in England. He doesn't have a single knowledge. I mean, they're on the plane to England reading soccer for dummies. Right. And I'm telling you, this show is laugh out loud, funny. And the episodes are like half an hour long. So you breeze right through them. But The humor in it is my kind of humor, like dad jokes kind of stuff. And it has to do with sports and coaching. And if you really peel back the the funny layer of it and you look at some of the tactics that he uses to coach that team and bring those guys together, you might even be able to use some of them if you're a coach around here. I mean, it doesn't matter what level. I think it's really super relatable. So in any event, I wasn't surprised in the least bit when I looked and saw that Ted Lasso won seven Emmys at the most recent Emmy Awards. So if you're looking for something, Ted Lasso's it. Uh, Pat, do you watch Ted Lasso?
4: I did. I watched the I watched the first season, and I watched the first couple episodes of the second season. I have yeah. since, not by choice, fallen off. I just, I I, I got to finish it. I got to finish the second season. But yeah, no, I love it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I finished the first season. I'm on, like, episode two, three, two, three of the second season. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious.
4: Yeah, and I think, like, the character arcs, too, and how some, you know, the characters evolve. It's, it, you know, the, the personable, kind of intimate, like, soft nature of the show is is really good. It's really well done. Yeah. Um, you know, as sports fans, I really wish the, like, the soccer aspect. Like, you realize how bad some of the acting is, like, the sports acting in most sports movies slash okay. shows. Yeah. This is better than most but there's still like there's still room for improvement like all that money that they're getting from Apple TV or whoever else is right running the show like yeah. i feel like they can definitely improve some of the like the cgi money. and like the soccer acting mm. but yeah what are you going to do you're that's cr- if that's my a, only critique yeah
1: you're a critic <laughs> you're tough
4: i just hate watching yeah. it and, like you see the goalie like dive out of the way for yeah. like a ball it's like all right come on yeah it uh, just looks terrible i
1: know exactly what you're talking about on that on the one on that one play the big game i don't want to ruin it for anybody it, it's just I don't even want to go into that. Never mind. Never mind. Anyway, so it's a good show. If you haven't checked it out, I I fully, and and Pat, I think, will recommend it to you as well. Yes, he's nodding. Okay, good. Anyway, so there's that. And we will come back to that a little later in the show with Madeline Burke. We're going to play a game, so stay tuned for that. Okay, in the order that you guys uh, uh, have called, let's go to our leadoff caller of the day, Kevin in Camden. What's up, Coach? How are you? What's up, Kevin? I'm good. I have three topics I want to get into if
5: I have enough time. All right, Um, bing, bang, boom. Go. Yeah, Giants. Um, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm really becoming dispirited watching the Giants. Um,
1: it's well, like it's hard not Jones to be.
5: <laughs> is, it, that Daniel Jones is. is I, I'm starting to think he's not the guy. I'm sorry. I, he doesn't read. He doesn't read defenses right. The, the team just looks out of sync, out of whack. Uh, Joe Judge with his post game pressures. Oh, the first game, we showed a lot of progression after you scored nine points against the Dolphins. Just give me a break. Mm.
1: Yeah, good point.
5: And, Fair. And then the second one, oh, I'm encouraged by the way we fought last week. You lost 31-20. to 20. Like, yeah, you came back in the fourth quarter, but it was garbage time. Yeah. That doesn't mean nothing.
1: Yeah. Hey, Kevin, and I remember, I, I believe it was you, a long time ago, you put uh, put uh, Coach Judge on the same pedestal as, as Adam Gates. That was you, right?
5: Yeah, I did yeah. say that, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and and Barkley, please. please Barkley, I, I, I'm done with him, man. He can't. He can't run like there was some wide open gaps. Watching those games, oh, and yeah. he couldn't even run to him. Brutal. I'm like, you, this, this team is so flawed that you know what? I, I know that they said J- uh, Jones and Judge are going to come back, and that's. But but they need to the really clean house. They really. The I mean, gelman's going to be gone. Who the heck knows what's going to happen with the draft? This team needs a, needs a whole redo. This Giants team is abysmal. And it's, um, I'm going to talk about the Jets real quick. The Jets are, are, are pretty much in it. Zach Wilson's not the guy. Zach Wilson has regressed every
1: week. It's getting worse. Yeah. That that and, I, I will give you. That is for sure. And, and it's just, I mean, you look I, at I, the really, completion just, percentage in, in the Saints game. It's the second worst among all quarterbacks in the league. No, oh, you're right. It is. Awful. And Benzo,
5: and Benzo man, I'm, I'm, listen, the guy's been traded at the deadline because, listen. Yeah, right. He's not getting anything. Zala benched him last week yeah yeah so, i mean I, yeah, I mean, he made two mistakes but he's a young guy how are you gonna get
1: better if you can't play and your coach benches you i mean uh, it's a got, great point I, I don't have the answer to that you're right you're well, right i mean trade just, him at the different. deadline they was interested in him at the deadline they were fielding calls for him at the deadline and they, and they just never did it
5: they, they were getting calls and they were declining him. Yeah. what is your plan with him? because honestly there is no plan because the giants and the jets are both dysfunctional. They yeah. are both dysfunctional, and I don't. And you know what? They, both teams need to know this draft because they're both on a very similar timeline. And I, I did. I don't feel confident in it. Both of them.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's very dismal here in New York.
5: Yeah. And my last point, I'm going to be. Um, Kyrie Irving coming back. I'm with you. I'm not. I'm very disappointed because listen, I never, in all my years as a fan, and I've been I'm 28 years old now. I have never seen a player part-time, oh, you know, playing the, playing some games, right. playing some. I mean, okay, I know why they're doing it. I still don't agree with it. Right, And I'm also mad at Sean Marks because you gave your word and you're not keeping your word and you're not a man of your word. And I can't, if I was a player, I can't play for a man like that. So I have a lot of issues with the way that this is going on. Yeah. I'm not, Kevin, you I'm, made a not good, I'm
1: not in favor. Of. Yeah, you made a good point there, Kevin, and thanks for the call. You made a good point about the, the ramifications for the future, right? For the future of this team when when this little big 3 dissolves and and here you have a guy that has said something very publicly and gone back on it. And I wonder, that's a great point, what ramifications that would have moving forward on any prospective player that that may want to come here and play for the for the Nets. Great point. And this is not a, a, a tiny thing. This is a huge thing. Scott and Dix Hills, you're up next on the fan.
6: Yeah. Hi, Danielle. How you doing? Good. How are you? Okay. Good. I think we're to touch on the exact same categories as the last caller. Yeah. First of all, all right. Let's let's start with the Kyrie Irving situation. Uh, this is not about the vaccine, with Kyrie Irving. Correct. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is an antagonist. He embraces an antagonist type behavior. Mm-hmm. And this will not be, and nor has it been, the only time that Kyrie Irving has taken a strong stance on a platform, on, on an idea, on a on, on a scenario that has affected his team.
1: Mm-hmm. Give, me, yeah, give me another example. Tell me. Tell us.
6: Well, I mean, he, prior to this, I mean, he always has some sort of issue as to why he can't play. Mm-hmm. or. Or why he can't come back so soon. Mm. It, it, this is not the first time. Right.
1: It's the birthday party last year. It's the bubble.
3: Okay. Right. So, it's all of
6: it. So, right. So you're probably more clued into that. I'm not a Nets fan, but I, I've remembered there have been other times where it seems like Kyrie comes first and the team second. And it, it as a as a teammate, that, that would bother that me. That would
1: bother me to no end. Yep.
6: Okay. And to continue to embrace him yep. is just is just reinforcing his ability and behavior going forward, and that would bother me. Me too. So, as far as the Giants are concerned, uh, and I was just listening to your last caller. Look, you can either be – I'm a longtime Giants fan. You can either be completely overwhelmed by the deficiencies, which you have every reason to be, or try and change something, which is how they've built the team. They've ch- they've kind of built the team from the outside in, yep, and paid very little attention to what screams for attention, which is the offensive line. Correct. Okay, all through the draft last year, you're like, okay, when are they going to do they've it? Made, when are they going to address that, it? Yep. They've made that first pick. Now yep. they have made their. When is when? When's that? When's that lineman getting picked? Right. So right. So. So I think that would be a start.
1: Well, listen, and, you know, and Scott, listen to this. The Giants have the number five, or as it stands right now, the number five and number six overall pick. Right. And, I, and My understanding is that, the, and I haven't done my own research on this, what I'm hearing is that this is a very deep lineman draft, offensive, defensive. I think that's the obvious pick there at five and six, one of each.
6: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and there you go. I agree with you 100%. As far as, as, far as a... Uh, a a Joe judge um, going forward and and giving him a vote of confidence it kind of it kind of doesn't reconcile with them getting rid of Jason Garrett but keeping Joe judge you
1: know the one thing and I and I did think about this and Scott great call there and, and the one thing I did think about while I was kind of thinking about this to, you know, getting ready for the show is I wonder, and I read a report. I can't remember who it was. And it was just an article. Maybe Google it too, uh, but basically saying that uh, Joe judge wanted to dump Garrett last season. That that's what I believe I read. And so that to me is almost like, okay, maybe that was a forced marriage between Garrett and judge because this is me just thinking about this now, because you know, if, if, if Joe judge really didn't work out from, from the jump, At least the Giants had the little ace in the hole of of Garrett who um, had head coaching experience at the NFL level before, prior to joining the Giants, right? And so that would have been an easy move early on right then and there. And so I'm wondering, did Joe Judge actually pick Jason Garrett or was Jason Garrett picked for Joe Judge? I don't know the answer to it. If it's out there, I didn't see it. But that just made me wonder that, okay, Jason Garrett was fired. And and also the offensive line coordinator, too. Uh, The offensive, uh, yeah, the the offensive line coach, too. I can't think of his name at at the top of my head. But he was fired last year, too. So I'm wondering if the Giants believe in Joe Judge so much so that they're going to allow him to kind of restructure this team moving forward. And and you know what? And and it might be hard to see. I, I... I like Joe Judge. I do. I like the way he goes about his business, and and I know the press conferences at the end of the season are overly optimistic, almost Ted Lasso like. I, I get it, but I like the way these players seem to want to play for him. I mean, there's, I, I think there's a lot to like about Joe Judge, and, and I'm not, you know, grandstanding and being like a, a homer here. I just, I really think he, he, you know, is cutting his teeth, and I think he's going to be a good coach. And and the problem is, and and the question is, is is it going to be with the Giants or, or elsewhere? That's You don't want him to be good elsewhere. So that's kind of the, the conundrum they're in. One more season with Joe Judge I don't think would kill this team. Because if the Giants believe in him that much, so much so that they're going to marry a GM with him, then it is what it is. You know, the Jets are officially mathematically eliminated. Fans of the show knows, know, that it's time for... The official McCartan send-off for the New York Jets into the off-season, into the, into the irrelevant last weeks of the seasons. If you don't know what it means, here's a little sound effect here. Stay tuned. I'll be right back with my special send-off for the New York Jets. It is uh, a couple minutes to 11 a.m., and you know what? The Jets are officially mathematically eliminated, and you know what goes on here, everybody. This is my trumpet that I've had since I've been in fourth grade, and I, pr- I will present to you, coming up in 30 seconds, my rendition of TAPS. I have not played this trumpet. I have not taken it out of its case since the Yankees were eliminated. So, cut me some slack. I, right, to everybody. So, I've also put together a little montage, an audio overlay, if you will, courtesy of SNY. The audio is of Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets. There's also CJ Mosley in there and Connor McGovern. Okay, here because the Jets are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention officially. Here we go. Here's my rendition of Taps for the New York Jets.
2: Does it suck right now? Sure, I, I, I feel you. No, nobody in this locker room wants to lose football games. The path is crystal clear on, on where this organization needs to go and the, and the things that we need to address as coaches, players, uh, all the way top down. It's it's very very clear.
7: Um, so every day we go out there with that mindset to, to change the organization, to change the narrative, to you know bring respect to the Jets and. And, uh, and make this a winning organization.
3: And, and I truly, truly believe that this is a, a building block and it's going to make a strong foundation for, for what we have to come.
4: Yeah, better luck next season, New York Chats. How would I do, Pat? That was incredible. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> that, was, that sounded like an actual, you know, when you actually hear TAPS.
1: I used to do it. I used to have to do it at all the Memorial Day things, everything.
4: Yeah. Experience. See, you ever think when you were doing that? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be doing this on WFAN no. one day. <laughs> no, never. I was to like announce, to announce the end of the Jets season.
1: Right. It, no, no. It was like, oh, my. They need me to go to this cemetery on on uh, Memorial Day. Oh, can we go to Memorial Park? You have to drive me here. You have to drive me there. in My band uniform with the whole the hat, boom, the, <laughs> the whole the whole thing. So yeah. So yeah. There it is. The send off for the Jets. Into the the offseason, whoops, I almost knocked over my water. All right, let's get back to the calls. 877-337-6666 in the order that you all called, and and, and I appreciate it. Let's go to Tony in West Virginia.
8: Uh, good morning. How's it going?
1: I'm good. How are you, Tony?
8: Not too bad. Hopefully um, I can take it a little off topic if you go don't ahead. mind. Whatever. I want to talk about two games real quick, one being the Ravens hosting the Packers mm-hmm. and also the Colts in, the, in uh, New England. Uh, the Colts they have quietly offensively played just as well as anybody in the league. Uh, Carson Wentz is, is really playing at an outstanding Which level. Which is crazy,
1: uh, right? Yeah, they came I'm, out of nowhere, really.
8: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um,
9: really, this is
8: just a hunch. I, I um, No, I'm not an expert. I'm not a prophet. I don't know what's going to happen right. from one moment to the next. But I, I do think that New England is going to stumble um, and the Colts are going to upset them. I, I think what... Belichick's so doing is outstanding. Obviously, he's a great coach. All of a, he's probably the best uh coach of all time. The defense is playing well, but they're going to fall to the Colts this week. I think the Colts are going to surprise a lot of people and, and actually solidify that they are emerging in the AFC as a dark horse. Team. So, Tony,
1: two things. So, the Colts are the favorites in the game. And here's another thing. I mean, this is going to be like a test of physics here. It's in whatever whatever that is, immovable object, unstoppable force, because look at this. This is amazing. The... Going back to Week 7, the mm-hmm. Colts have scored the most points in a game offensively. Absolutely. And the Patriots have allowed the fewest points in a game since Week 7. So, I mean, I, I am excited to see how this game is going to play out. I am I am into this game for sure. Yeah,
8: yeah me too. Yeah, I, I kind of see it the same way. Um, but I- like, for me, it's just a hunch I lean towards the Colts. Um, the, up- the other game that I want to point on to real quick is uh, the Ravens hosting Green Bay. I kind of hope that they rest Lamar Jackson because they're going to need him in the long run. Um, believe it or not, I think the Ravens find a way to, get, to pull this one out at home. I, I, I think that pass rush can get can get to uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Ravens at home. They're, the Ravens have come too far to completely fall off. They're going to they're going to find a way to win the AFC North. Um, and once they get in, they'll be dangerous. I, I, they, they just have to weather this storm for the next few weeks. There has been no team in NFL that has faced the amount of adversity that the Ravens have faced. Well, which listen,
1: is here's the deal: you've got Lamar Jackson who who has an ankle injury. Right week fourteen goes has an ankle injury. He, he as as of yesterday he did not even practice yesterday. Officially, he's listed as questionable. And then you got a guy like Tyler Huntley. Do you think? a Tyler Huntley would be able to to and I know he doesn't play a, a directly against him but do you think he would be able to beat an Aaron Rodgers led team I, I don't think so I don't see it I, you know great pr- players arise r- t- to great occasions and, and I think that Aaron Rodgers is one of those great players as much as I hate to say it my brother is a Packers fan I, I hate when his team is better than any of the ones that I root for. I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually a Raiders fan right now. That's that's who I'm rooting for now because, you know what I mean? But anyway, so, I mean, you look at what he's done. It, it's, it's not impressive. We'll just put it that way. I mean, the last time he played was against the Bengals, looks like.
4: I guess that caller's not a fan of defense because yeah. he discounted the number one defense in the NFL. Right, And I don't know how he expects Tyler Huntley to move the ball against the Packers. They have a top three defense.
1: And this guy, his last performance, he had a quarterback rating of 80, uh, 54.7. I mean, that's like worse than Zach Wilson territory. So Packers all the way. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, Tony and Wayne, you were up next on the fan.
10: Hey, Coach, how are you? What's up, First, Tony? Time, long time. Oh, thanks. Uh, I it. want to talk about the Kyrie thing. I think it's ridiculous that he could play... 50, not even, 23 games, 24 games, get his full salary. If I was a guy on the end of the next bench, I'd be so pissed because I guarantee you that guy who's riding the end of the bench, if he wasn't vaccinated, we'd have that role. He's probably playing for the league minimum. What Kyrie's making, how much? I'm a Knicks fan, and I'm glad the Knicks didn't get him. I wish we would have got Durant, but yeah. I'm glad we didn't get him.
1: Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm with you. That, I, that, I'm that's far... the point. I was driving home, too. It's like, it's like, come on, yeah, man. Like, you... I. I, I would be, If I'm in that locker room, of course you have to put the smiley face on. Of course you have to say you're all, you're all in unison with what your organization decides. Because, of, again, if you're one of those guys, you're not going to step up and say, listen, I have a problem with this. You're just not. Or else they're going to say, okay, goodbye. Go find a job in a, some other city.
10: Right? I mean, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I agree with you. I love listening to you. And one last thing with the Giants. Yeah. Barkley is starting to remind me of Ron Dane. Mm-hmm. Big guy who had all this talent that just wants to run – across the field instead of finding that hole. Not right. that their offense opens many holes. Right. My dad was a diehard Giants fan to the day he died. And he used to say that the best runners are the ones who hit, the, who go into the line. You look at Ezekiel exactly Elliott and the guy from Green Bay. They hit that, that line. Whether there's a hole or not, they'll take the linebacker, or the lineman for a couple of yards, and that's it. Barkley just likes to dance. It's time to trade. Maybe we get move it back into a late first-round pick. Maybe somebody else out there. I think they could salvage him. Yeah, with a better with a better line.
1: I mean, when you look at Booker, he does the same thing. He hits the hole and 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 come with May. I mean, I I, I just watched Saquon Barkley, and I'm like, this guy still is playing injured, although he is physically fine. That's what I look at and see. He jumps yeah. out of bounds to avoid contact. I mean, come on, your quads are the size of people's cores. Like, <laughs> get out there and and carry some guys. I mean, really, he's not yeah. a physical runner. He, he he should be a physical runner, yet he's not. That's my opinion on him. Yes.
10: Yeah. Thanks for taking my call, Coach. Have a happy holiday. I'll listen to you. Uh, hopefully you're on next week. I'm yeah, Tony. So I, can catch you yeah, I, got a,
1: I got a bunch of shifts coming up uh, over the holiday. The next hey, one is going to be Christmas Eve, 10 a.m.
10: You deserve a full-time slot there if you ever want one. They should have they they taken you to replace Steve Summers' slot. Wow, have a great you. holiday, Coach.
1: Appreciate it, Tony. Bye. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I got a bunch of shows coming up o- over a break, and, and I'll tweet those out in due time. But the next one will be uh, December 24th. Christmas Eve, ten a.m. I think it's the same exact time slot, ten to one, or maybe ten to two, whatever. It's, I do start at ten, though. Okay, so I, I'm getting a lot of compliments on Twitter about my tap, so I love it, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Um, to the top of the hour, we go. We got a quick update, and a quick break, quick update, and we'll be right back with your calls. Eight seven seven.
11: The fan is on your smart speaker to listen to the home of New York sports. Just say,
12: "Hey Google, play WFAN.
1: Danielle, in the daytime, there's tons of alliteration to go down. I'm Danielle McCartan, with you till 1 p.m. Madeline Burke will be here uh, beginning around here around 11.45, she said. So about 12 o'clock, she'll be locked and loaded, ready to go. So Giants fans, basketball fans, that is a uh, very special guest. My first in-studio guest ever. Awesome. So, um, listen, I-, I like to highlight um, when when guys on our teams here in our area do good things, where it fits, where it's natural, you know, and and I usually don't pick kind of the ones, and I know guys do good things all the time, but I kind of try to pick the ones that that we uh, can help can help with, right? So I saw this morning, early this morning, on actually News Twelve, in New Jersey, that um, Jets. It was on along the ticker on the bottom, and I was like, ah, let me let me let me let me look this up. Uh, Jets offensive lineman, um, Kentucky native George Fant needs our help. Uh, because through his Fant foundation, he's um, collecting donations. Um, 100% of the proceeds are, are going to go to the families in the Bowling Green area to uh, help pay for a bunch of different things of people that were devastated by the tornado. So, you know, funeral expenses for those who lost family members, down payments for housing because, the as you saw, it, the town was leveled, um, gift cards, clothing, supplies, toiletries, um etc so the, the the George Fant Foundation is doing it and, and and you know it's so easy i looked up how to do it it's so easy to donate and and he and his foundation are accepting payments through it's paypal it's venmo it's zelle and it and it's cash app so all of the ones that you're probably already using anyway all you have to do is ter- uh, type uh, fant foundation i'm doing it right now as we speak i'm on one of those and I'm, I'm typing in fa- foundation. There it is. Comes up. It's a green little emoji. Um, and then for the he says for the text label, you're going to put restore BG. Typing it as as we go. I mean, I, I mean, I wish I can give more. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give twenty five dollars to. I'm just typing it out here to uh, the George Fan- Foundation for the victims of those um, brutal, brutal, brutal tornadoes out there so you know I, I told you before i i would much rather donate to a legitimate small boots on the ground sort of charity you know and what better way to help out this situation than one organized by one of our new york jets so great job george fan i know it's i wish i can give more i've got 25 dollars coming your way and your fa- your foundation's way here right here live go ahead i just click pay here on the fan uh-oh we got a problem here. Let's make sure you're paying the right fan. Confirm the last four digits of their phone number. All right. So I'm going to screenshot this, and I'm going to send this to George Fant, and I'm going to try to get an answer for us um, by the end of the show today because I don't also want to pay without confirming either. But It looks like the icon and everything, but you never know. Oh, wait. There's a lot of people don- donating to it. Should I do it Pat? Should I do it without confirming the last four digits? W- what should I do?
4: What well, do you have to confirm the last four digits of what? Of the phone number. Whose phone number?
1: I don't know, associated with the account. But if you scroll through everybody's doing it, you know.
4: Is it on is it through Venmo? Is it through the website?
1: It's through Venmo. Venmo. Let me tweet him. Let me see if this is the right way to go about doing this. I should have tested it this morning, but I just I, I think, I, 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 think would say, I would
4: say you're fine, but if you want to double check so you don't pay somebody however many you know, however much money and it's yeah. not that, you know, that couldn't hurt.
1: I know. Let, let me just check his Twitter really quick.
4: Maybe uh, you can ask him why Zach Wilson can't throw a pass three yards while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And you can ask him how much he hates having a block for him.
1: Well, let's see if we can get him on. You imagine. Hey, George Fan, if you're listening right now, we're trying to figure this out here. George Fan, if you are listening right now, or if any of the anybody associated with the Jets is listening right now, please give us a call. We we want to help. And maybe we want to ask a couple football questions too at the same time. Okay. So um, yeah, so there's that. I mean, I don't maybe don't do it right yet. I will see if I can get an answer for us. I should have tested it out this morning. I'm sorry, I apologize, you guys. Um, but here we go. Let's go back to the calls. 877-337-6666, uh, to Westport, Connecticut, in the order that you guys called, of course. Westport, Connecticut, we go. Stan, you're up next on The Fan.
9: Hey, Coach Danielle. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Excuse me one second, Stan. This is my alarm to go up my, re-up my parking meter. (laughs) (laughs) New York City police officers, please, please, please spare me one, please.
9: (laughs) Stan, go ahead. It's cheaper than the fine, I'll tell you that. I
1: know. I got to go do that right now. Go ahead.
9: All right. So, you know, I don't, you're probably a little younger than me, but I remember very well the fumble in the Pizarrochick era. Mm-hmm. The good part about it was it was really the catalyst for change and led to our glory years, in my opinion. Maybe the second quarter of the Charger game was a Pizarrochick quarter because it was so inept on every single level, yeah. you know, between three and outs, between, you know, Dixon's a great punter, and then, you know, he tries to pooch shank on 18 yards, Then they score on the, you know, at the buzzer almost. I mean, the whole thing. The guy looks off Barkley on the triple stack. In the flat, yeah, and he doesn't even throw him the ball on a third and one. It's not third and twenty one; it's yeah. third and one. And then, on, and then
1: on the third and twenty one calls, they're they're running uh, draw plays. Like I literally <laughs> said is. it. I literally said, "Watch, they're gonna watch. They're gonna run a draw play here." And guess what? They handed it right off. Yep, there it was.
9: Like, you know what? The <laughs> caller who said Ron Dane is like him; he's one hundred percent right. Because yeah. Barkley cannot run off a block. It's unbelievable. But listen, as a coach, I wanted to ask you. I don't. I think they're going to stick with Judge and get rid of Gettleman they will, because yes. I think Judge. You know, listen, he's in charge, but he got the the canvas and the paint from the other guy. Right. And as far as Jason Garrett, that caller before in your conversation, no way. That's Judge's guy. I, I mean, Judge could probably hardly operate the tablet and the laptop, and and you know. Jason Garrett's a cerebral guy. I mean, the culture clash between those two is unbelievable. And hopefully I mean, he's a good motivator. You know, he, right. I think he can get the, the most out of a, a better squat. Let's put it that way. And I'll, I'll listen. Thank yeah, you.
1: Yeah. And Stan, that's uh, true. And, and you know, it's, it's, I think there's a lot to like about Joe Judge. There really are some characteristics of him, as you just pointed out. I mean, I think he's a I think he's a great motivator. Um, I think he's a brilliant football mind. I mean, listen to what he has to say. And I know sometimes it sounds like gobbledygook and, and whatever, but 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 he's he's the way he thinks through things, and you've ever watched the, the, the Joe Judge coach report, like on MSG? I mean, it's 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 good. What he has is good. And and like you said, I think you put it beautifully. He he inherited the canvas and the paint from someone else. Let him, I would be willing to let him put his mark on this franchise moving forward. Because again, and I got some tweets about it too. There's got to be, there's no way. I don't think there's any way that Joe Judge would have picked uh, Garrett as his offensive coordinator. Because especially too, that that he had um, head coach experience. Like if, if it was me, I probably would, I probably personally would not want someone right behind me breathing down my neck with head coaching experience, ready to, to jump at, at, in my grave. If if it came to be digging the grave, you know what I'm saying. Like I wouldn't want that. I would want to learn and grow with someone together. And I know the Jets are doing that, and it's it looks abysmal right now. But I think that's the right way to do it, in my opinion. That's what I would want. To Vince, to Brooklyn, we go.
13: Hello. Hello. Oh, good morning, young ladies. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Thanks for making. Uh, it. Listen, I got, I got. Listen, I got, I got. Quarterback issues. Whatever happened to grooming quarterbacks? uh young guys you know whatever happened to quarterback coaches yeah on football teams okay well the uh, jets have a bunch of them <laughs> you, <hear me? laughs> hey, maybe, you know
1: it's almost like it's too much information it's like do this do that do this and maybe his brains are all scrambled i don't even know
13: really okay hey, here's here's my real deal all right i'm a nets fan from way back, Billy Paul, Super John Williamson, and and, and Lenny Wilkins—all the you know the, the the Kyrie Irving is doing my favorite franchise in the NBA a very disservice. Okay, yep. I mean there's there's only three teams that made it from the ABA to the NBA: the the Nets, the Pacers, and the Spurs. And you know uh, the, the, the the way the Nets had to come into the league was really bad off off the top. And right now, Kyrie. Uh, you better find something to do with yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, there it is. I mean, he, listen, he comes in and out as 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 he wants, and and the team allows it. And and I know, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm a little too young, but, but but Lawrence Taylor, I think, operated under his own rules, and and you know, Dennis Rodman, I saw on the the last dance, he he went to Vegas. I mean, he disappeared and went to Vegas. I I almost think it's like the same sort of idea. I mean, Kyrie Irving. Comes and goes as he wills. I told you this when it happened. I said, this guy is just stalling because he doesn't want to play in regular season games. And to do to, to make all this hubbub and commotion and all that, he's just going to ensure himself that he won't be playing in those games. And here we are. Did this not come to fruition? It's not about the vaccine. It's about being a good teammate. From him and the guys on that team. Because one of the callers said it before, if you're the last guy on that bench, if that was me, I would be pretty pissed. And also, if I got a vaccine so that I could play in the NBA, and then they're allowing him not, you know, to play without it, you know, how do I say this? Because I know it happens across the league, but in New York, I'm talking about New York. If I wanted to play on my team, the Brooklyn Nets, right, and I got vaccinated in order to do so, and then they've circumvented the rules for this A-list player— I'd be pissed, but you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I could say about it because either way, I'm out. And it's a when they say they talked to all the players, they did not. They talked to Kevin Durant and probably uh James Harden and then that's it. Chris in Philadelphia, you are up on the fan.
14: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh long time Nets fan uh over here. I'm dreaming of an NBA title. Uh this present roster, as it's currently uh constructed has championship aspirations it does uh, Kyrie Kyrie while I prefer to have him like full time gives us the best chance of, of getting that
1: you're not wrong yeah you're so, not wrong
14: so I don't so like I don't think these this roster is full of veterans right like Aldridge and Millsap and everybody wants to have a title having Kyrie in that on that court it gives them that chance and I wrong. think you know so I don't understand, like, the, the hate about Kyrie, like, being a part-time player. Come playoff time, he'll be there, and he'll he's the glue to the whole big three Yeah, but, thing. but will he be there he in got, Brooklyn?
1: He won't be there in Brooklyn. He'll be wherever they are on the road. I mean, that, that's the problem. The problem I have is the fact that they came out and they said that he wasn't going to be a part-time player, point-blank,
14: period. And oh, all no, of a sudden, they reverse course. It. Yeah, that's on the management. That's what you I'm know? saying. Like that, well, that's what I'm saying. They should have, they should have had that from the, the from the get-go. But they did. But all I'm saying is as it's constructor right now, without Kyrie, we are not getting that championship.
1: Well, that's true, Chris. You're right about that because you're riding uh, 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 Kevin Durant. Like, uh, How many more games can he play and sustain at those minutes? It's just not possible, right? So I understand. Yes, you're right about all of those things. The problem I have is with them going back on, on the policy that they put forth and how sneaky they did that. They classified that, that, that training facility as an office, not a gym, so that he could practice here in New York City. That didn't happen overnight. That didn't happen last night. This was a plan all along. And as Kevin from Camden said right at the top, I wonder how that and that flip-flop decision by Sean Marks is going to affect the team moving forward in and, and, and other things because he's going to probably outlast this big three. And then what happens when that disintegrates? So, yes, Kyrie Irving is a fantastic, phenomenal basketball player who will no doubt help this team succeed in their ultimate goal of winning a championship, which, by the way, should have been done last year, in my opinion. And if it wasn't for Kevin Durant's big toe, we might be singing a different story here, right? So my problem is the flip-flop, and I think Mark should be the next politician here or anywhere that he he prefers. Uh, Rich in Staten Island, you're up next on The Fan
15: know you know I'm
16: listening to you, and uh I'm saying you know she's okay, just and, okay, come on rich, I, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Danielle,
15: you. You played taps for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> you like Danielle, that, right? <laughs> you you won me over, Danielle. <laughs> now I, I gotta ask a yeah. small favor. And I think it's a favor you can grant on oh, no. offering Jets fans. Am
1: I taking requests? Sorry, what do you got for me next? Well, I got my trumpet right here. As you as you sign off today Oh no. Would you would you please play taps one more time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Richie. You we go to the, 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 the trick bag too often it loses its luster you know what no, i mean no
15: no no it's it's, it's apropos daniel <laughs> please it's it's appropriate you gotta do it just just for those people that might have missed it because i i can't wait to hear it again and even even that you were a little bit off tune on the on the trumpet it was what it do you was mean <laughs> well
1: rich guess what i did it for the yankees i did it for the mets were first then i did it for the yankees now i did it for the jets and, and good news Probably by this time next week, we might be doing it for the Giants. So, oh, so maybe do it next for the
15: week. the Giants because the Giants are done. But please, please, one more time, Danielle. It's, it's the weekend. We, we're gonna we got one game. We an afternoon game. We're losing it today <laughs> till Monday. So one more time before you sign off, it would be it would be so nice. I appreciate
1: uh, it, Danielle. Rich. I, let me. You know what I'll do. I'll I'll throw it to a poll on Twitter. That's what I go to make my all my big life decisions. There, Rich. I'll, I'll put all it right. to a poll. Thanks so
16: much, Danielle. <laughs> Thanks.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so uh, that is my 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 trumpet pedigree. I started in fourth grade. You know, I picked the trumpet because it had three buttons, and I thought it was going to be easy. It's not that easy. <laughs> I learned quite quickly. Uh, my second choice was the trombone, <laughs> and my third choice was a drum. So um, glad I got the trumpet. Let's just put it that way, because you know what? As Pat said before, it finally came in handy for me. And if you missed the, the, uh, the, the trumpet playing, uh, it was about... 1040 a.m., 1043. If you want to go back on the Odyssey app, you can go go ahead and listen to that. And you know what? Let me put up a Twitter poll. I also uh, messaged or or tweeted to George Fant. Let's see if he answers. Hopefully he does. And we'll see what happens. All right. And I got my Jets prediction. Does it really matter? But, you know, for whatever reason, I have a Jets prediction coming up next here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan in the midday here on The Fan in New York City at 1123 a.m. on this dreary, dreary Saturday. Welcome to the show. Hope, uh, Hope you're enjoying it. If you want, give me a call at 877-337-6666. Uh, we're about to head to another irrelevant weekend of football here in New York City. But you know what? It is what it is. Here's the Jets prediction. I ha- you have to do it, right? Uh, the 3-10 and 10 Jets are going down south to the 6-7 and 7 Miami Dolphins. They're coming off a bye week. They've actually paused a five-game winning streak to go on that bye week the Dolphins that is not the Jets um but to me I think it's a false it's a a false I don't know because the teams that they have beat in that five-game winning streak they're they're not collectively good I mean that five-game Dolphins win streak came against only one good team which is the Ravens the other four teams in that win streak were in this order chronologically the Texans the Ravens the Jets the Panthers And the Giants, I mean, come on. So I'm still not convinced that Miami is a good team. It just beats up on bad teams. And and I guess that's more than you could say about either of our two teams here. I feel like I'm freestyling. But the fact of the matter is this. Tua Tungavailoa has been good. He's got a quarterback rating of over 100 in four of the last five games. One of those games, of course, came against the Jets in Week 11. So, I mean, you look back to that game, which is not that long ago. Tungavailoa completed more than 80% of his throws for 273 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and a 108.7 rating. I mean, those are like matted numbers. Those are video game numbers against the Jets last time, really. Then you factor in what the Jets' pass defense has done so far this season. It's been atrocious, horrible. I mean, how bad? The Jets allow the most yards per pass in the entire league. They allow the... Uh, best opposing quarterback rating in the entire league against that unit. It's just a terrible combination. You can pick and choose any defensive metric, and they're probably the worst or close to being the worst in all of them. And Zach Wilson has been bad. I mean, he's turning the ball over double the amount of times he's thrown it into the end zone. We talked about it before, that that 45% completion percentage last week, second most by any quarterback in the entire league in any game played. Think about how many games have been played this year so far, and then pair that information with these stats: that that the Dolphins' defense this season allows an eighty-five point eight rating against, which is seventh best in the entire league, and they've got a ninth best mark in, in yards allowed per game, uh, per attempt. I'm sorry. So it's just, I mean, the Dolphins rank number one still in the league in uh, in blitz percentage, number one in the league. And quarterback hits this season. It's just, it's not good news for the Jets. And you know, that offensive line, sixth worst in the league. I mean, this could get really ugly. I mean, this could be over by the first quarter. Because here's the other thing. The Dolphins are on the outside looking in, but they're still not officially listed as eliminated. They're a bubble team, really. So here's how the, here, here's the, here, I got a math formula for you. And I know uh, one of the math teachers from my high school is listening. Here's the math formula. The Jets are eliminated from the playoffs. Plus, they've got first-time high-profile coaches, meaning like in big-time positions. Plus, they've got one of, if not the youngest team in the entire league in terms of average age. And plus, they're going to be in one of the party capitals of the United States, Miami. The Jets are not playing for anything. For the reasons that I just specified, the Jets are not going to be playing spoiler tomorrow. I mean, the point spread, last I looked, nine and a half. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going Dolphins 27, Jets 10. Sorry. Hate to say it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Jets come in there and and say, you know what? You are so wrong. I I don't don't see it happening. Let's go back to the calls. 877-337-6666. Matt on the Jersey Shore. You're up next on The Fan.
12: Hey Danielle, I feel like it's been a while.
1: Yeah, it has been a while. What's up, Matt?
12: <laughs> I'm I'm listening to uh prediction. and I'm I'm trying to think how they get I mean the kicker can't kick field goals and I I just don't trust in Zach Wilson to throw touchdowns. I I am just trying to figure that out. Maybe how it how comes from
1: special teams or something. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like <laughs> they, they can't be shut out, can they? Like I mean, right? <laughs> you
12: know? I mean, I, I can see him running one back, maybe, but other than that, it's, there's nothing um, that gives me confidence that the offense or even the kicker can put anything together points-wise. Yeah, well,
1: but, right, you know what, though, they can't get shut out. That's kind of why I went with
12: 10, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. I mean, 10, 10 is uh, reasonable, I guess, but, um, yeah, I mean, First of all, before I get to any point I want to make, I first just wanted to call you and, you know, wish you and your family a Merry Christmas, Bon Natale. Thank you. And, uh, you know, hope you have a a nice uh, holiday season with your family and everything.
1: Thanks, you too. You know, I'll be back Christmas Eve, though. Christmas Eve, 10 a.m.
12: Well, just in case I I don't get a chance to call you on Christmas Eve. Thank you. I appreciate that. You too. Same to you. Thank you. I just, I, I don't know which of my teams makes me, Sadder right now between the Yankees and the Jets and the Knicks. Um, hmm. I mean, when I was a little kid, you know, waiting for Santa Claus with sugar plums dancing in my head. My head. Now it's, you know, I I used to up until now at least be hoping for the Yankees season to start because they made some nice acquisitions. Um, doesn't look like that's going to happen. It just feels like this team has become the New York insanity just doing the same same players year after year never making those those changes. Yeah.
14: I mean, I've heard a
12: lot of Yankee fans come on here and say patience, patience, patience. I mean, it's only December, but when you see what's come off the border, ready for them, um, and I know you've talked to Aaron, um, Boone. Aaron Boone Yeah. right at that Italian event. Yep. Um, how much stock do you put in what, what he or Catherine have said as to that the wholesale changes they can still make going forward. I'll, I'll hang up and, and listen to you. Yeah, Matt, thanks a lot, Dave.
1: Thanks. Good question. Uh, yeah. So I, I talked to Aaron Boone and, and I did ask him some, I thought, pretty tough questions, you know, and he basically, and the message was Stan Pat, we haven't done anything yet. So the Yankees have a lot of questions and, and, Starting with their shortstop, I, I believe it starts and kind of ends with the shortstop. So, what is the the long term? You have, you have to weigh out the long term versus the short term plan at shortstop for the Yankees. Do you want to wait and be patient for a guy like Anthony Volpe, who I also interviewed at that same Italian American Baseball Foundation event? You're going to wait for him, or are you going to go ahead and give a monster contract to a free agent shortstop? and then hope he wants to move over to a different position or or is Volpe going to pan out is Peraza going to pa- I mean there's so many questions that that I can't answer because I am not in the scouting rooms and, and we have time to formulate these opinions over time I will I, maybe I will have time to actually sit and watch film and everything on these guys but I do know that Anthony Volpe strikes out 19% of the time only and he told me that night that that was too high. That percentage was too high. I love that about him. He steals bases. I think he could be a really good player. But are you willing to kind of sacrifice on that to go and get the free the big-name free agent? I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, The starting pitchers that came off the board, the big-name, big-gun starting pitchers, I think the Yankees, I, they didn't do good on it. Let's just put it that way. I mean, I think they missed on that because you look at their pitching rotation, and for years, it's been a bunch of question marks and and. It's just not good. I mean, there's Garrett Cole. Jordan Montgomery doesn't scare me. And then you got a bunch of question marks beyond that. So um, how much stock do I put into the answer that he gave me? Be patient. I want to believe him. I do. I want to believe him. And I want to believe that Brian Cashman has been utilizing this time to kind of formulate a long and short-term plan. Because he'll be back, right? He's inevitably going to be back at the end of his contract at the end of the season. So um, it's just all you have to do is just cross your fingers and hope, hope. That's it. But when you look at the cap situation, and, and I saw a tweet that said like a bunch of the big name teams kind of stayed out of this because they're waiting to see what the soft cap, you know, I'm using air quotes here, what the cap, what the luxury tax threshold is going to be. Um, I guess that's what they were waiting for. But in the meantime, some big name pitchers came off the board, so I, I I'm conflicted. I'd have to say that I am quite conflicted on on what to think about that. And I know that's like a cop out answer, but that's my answer. Uh, let's go, Sal in Brooklyn. You're up next on the fan.
0: Danielle, good afternoon. Honey. What's you... up, Sal Salvatore? Hey, we got we got we got to straighten out that guy in Staten Island. He calls up to say you're okay. <laughs> it's like a backhanded compliment, <laughs> and then he says your chats were just uh, maybe a little offbeat. So yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Let them wait till Christmas Eve so you can blow the Giants out too to let them uh, end the party the right way. You know yeah. what I mean? It's uh, giving yeah. a, a backhanded compliment. It's Forget gonna be that. real
1: soon, Sal. Don't worry, the Giants are gonna get I there got soon. You.
0: <laughs> I got you. Hey, with Kyrie Irving, yeah. you know, I honestly, think, you know, I'm 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 not an Irving fan by any means. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I'm I'm a Knicks fan. It, 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 I'm not trying to preface anything. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, when you're that superstar, and your superstar buddy Kevin Durant. Is your main man on that team? Yep. I don't think they're worried about the last guy on the bench being upset because he's only coming back for part time. Right, which just, is that, true, but that, that's how the league works, all right. right? Exactly. 21. Yes. All right. For sure. But and, but
1: you know what though? I'm trying. I'm trying to give it a different perspective. And you're absolutely right. They don't care about that last yeah. guy. That guy
0: was just a they filler don't... on a 10 day contract. That's it. Right. And, and, and you know a lot of people are mad. Oh, well, he he shouldn't get paid. If it's one thing you should learn in life is don't count somebody else's money. That's you know what true. Man? If those players are making that money, God bless them. It's there because the owners have enough to pay them, not because they got a gun to their head and they're saying, pay me, you know, like in a Godfather, either with your bloods or with the ink on the signature of the pen. One or the other. Well, Sal,
1: that's the thing, too. I, I said that in October. I'm like, this guy gets to get paid to sit home and watch basketball on TV. I mean, good for him. Good. Do it. You, good. He this worked
0: it to his advantage. Yeah, this whole issue right here, it's on the NBA, actually, because for the NBA not to definitively set the tone whether you should or Correct. you shouldn't. So he's all he's doing is complying with his option. Correct. He's, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, I'm all of that, I'm doing my part, but I'm not here to beat him up because he don't want to do his part. He's only complying with league rules. So for everybody to be so upset with this guy and Sean Marks to flip-flop that's and it, make-believe it's my office, that's an NBA thing. Again, you see, you're right. But that's something the league has to fix. But what they do is they like to get fans involved and make a person or a player the enemy of the game, where the reality is it's the league offices that are setting the tone. We just gotta we just gotta look at it through a, a different perspective. Sal you're, a different it, Sal,
1: you're not wrong. Sal, you're not wrong on any of that. And, and thanks, for that. and you know, and I went to the uh, Derek Jeter Turn Two uh, Foundation Gala. I don't even know October, whenever that was, um, the most recent one. And one of the guests of honor was was the commissioner of the NBA. And so I'm standing standing on the red carpet waiting for for him to come down the red carpet. I'm looking for – you can't miss him. Adam Silver, I've talked to him before at, at a New York Liberty game, actually. I'm waiting for him to come down the, the red carpet, and I was going to ask him, and I have the question still ready, is what is the league going to do in this – Scenario where it is unique to just here in New York. What is the league's standpoint on all of this? Can the league trump the city? So yes, Kyrie Irving is doing he's following the rules. i I guess the team told him to stay home for the away games and now that and now they're going back on it. That's the problem I had. Joe, uh, the, the owner of the team, the, the the front office of that team came out and said he is not allowed to be a part time player. Period. I loved it. And now they're like, well, actually, you know, he he could be a part time player. That'll be all right with us. I mean, that's the problem that I have: the flip flopping of the policy. And if you're making what forty, whatever it is, forty million dollars to stay home and play video games and watch basketball on TV, I'm not saying that's what he did, but that's that's what I would do. I mean, good for you. Good for you. And then you're going to come back and lace them up right in time for a postseason run? Good for you. Good for you. Craig in Morganville, New Jersey, you're up next on The Fan.
15: Hey, how you doing, Danielle? You're great on the show. Thanks. Can't Can't uh, tell you that enough. Thank you. Um, you. I'm not just we'll- Okay. I <laughs> know you're um, real fast. Two yeah. things: Kyrie Irving. What the NBA is doing is ridiculous. I hope they win without him. Yeah, I would, this guy is nothing but trouble wherever he goes. Yep. the league has got to straighten it out. It's the same for everybody, and they're screwing it up. Certainly, he's got we, a track record. Thing, yep,
1: add Brooklyn to the right, list. I
15: know. Yep, and real fast, yep. uh, the New York teams—they never had a shot to begin with in football. Um, They—I hope the Jets and the Giants do want to be spoiler boys because it's going to be they should want to play as much football as they can the veterans and the rookies they've dreamt about doing this you should be playing your 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 butt off i go they and should. enjoy it while you can and they should they should and if they're not it's horrible you were never guaranteed a super bowl ring you were never guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Put your big boy pants pants on and start causing some trouble out there. Because if you know you're not going to be in the playoffs, you should want to get in as much football as you can because you've been dreaming about this. And shame on them. And uh, yes, you're not okay. You're great. <laughs> want to hear you?
4: Yeah.
1: Thanks, Craig. I appreciate that. And you're right. I, you, would, I mean, you've been dreaming about you know winning a Super Bowl, right? But uh, playing spoiler to a divisional opponent like the Jets have the opportunity to do, and, and the Giants have the opportunity to do this weekend. I mean, good for them. Them. They should want to play. We'll see. We will see. The first drive, the first quarter will be an indication to us watching at home uh, whether these teams want to get into it or not. Next up, my Giants prediction and Madeline Burke will be here momentarily to, to take us uh, take us home, the final hour here on The Fan. I'm Danielle McCartan with you to 1 p.m. on The Fan in New York City. <laughs> Welcome back to McCartan. In the morning, McCartan in the midday, Danielle in the daytime, whatever it is, here on The Fan. If you want to give me a follow on Twitter, at CoachMCCARTAN, Instagram, I think it's the same thing, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Real quick, let's get the Giants prediction in. Madeline Burke's texting me. She is here. So we'll get that going in a little bit. Giants prediction. Listen, um, the NFC's first place team, the 9-4 and four Dallas Cowboys, are here in our area to take on NFC's last place team, the 4-9 and nine New York Giants. You don't need me to tell you that. You don't also need me to tell you that the Cowboys' pass rush is among the best in the NFL. You know, against Washington last week, it had five sacks, nine quarterback hits, and the thing is, the pressure is spread all along that defensive line. It, it isn't just one guy. They've got Lawrence Gregory, Micah Parsons, and and a whole bunch of other guys that that can get after the quarterback. I mean, the only chance for the Giants to win this game. Is to do it on the ground. I mean, the running game wasn't terrible last week. You know, wasn't terrible. And the Cowboys' rush defense isn't isn't hard. And it isn't great. So, listen, if the way that they're going to do this, it's going to be on the ground. And without Daniel Jones, it, they're they're at a little bit of a slight disadvantage. So, if the Giants' offense has to take this game to the air, uh, go ahead and forget about it. Like last week, the Washington football team kept the Cowboys out of the end zone for the entire second half. And, in fact, the, the Cowboys only put up three points in that entire second half. So, that Giants defense needs to study that blueprint and start with and, and start that game with it. Dak has not been outstanding. I think all the Cowboys fans would, would admit to that. And he's only got four touchdowns in his past five games. So, all things considered, I mean, the Giants defense made Justin Herbert look like an MVP last week. A quarterback rating almost perfect. The Giants are well-deserved, I think the last time I looked, 10.5-point underdogs in this game. And there are two paths for the for the Cowboys to win the NFC East tomorrow. Two paths. Uh, situation one is if Dallas wins and Washington and Philadelphia tie. Situation two is if Dallas wins and a Washington football team loses. Because NFL.com says, Dallas clinches the strength of victory tiebreaker of Philadelphia. So Dallas is playing for something. Dallas is actually playing for something. Could be a a, um, a playoff, an NFC East win tomorrow. Actually, we have to wait a little bit because uh, that game was postponed. I know that. I understand that. So plenty of scoreboard watching is going to be going on. What I'm trying to say is this. The Giants have really nothing to play for except that title of spoiler the Cowboys will win the East with a win and some help. I'm going Dallas Cowboys 35, New York Giants 20. Dallas Cowboys 25, New York Giants 20. And uh, we've got some somewhat breaking news over the past 10 minutes. Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted at, at 1134 this morning that Nets star Kevin Durant has entered the league's COVID protocols. That's eight Nets now. There is really no more information of symptoms, symptomatic, blah blah blah. It's just that Kevin Durant has entered the league's COVID protocols. There are eight Nets um, available, so if anybody would like to try out for the Nets, uh, they're going to be holding tryouts at the Barclays Center uh, right after the show. I'll, I'll get my sneakers on and I'm going to go. And I'm going to go. <laughs> this is this is something else. I mean, this is this is something else. Let's just put it that way. Let's go to the phones 877-337-6666. Ben in Queens, you're up next on the fan.
17: Lauren coach. That just changes the whole tone of my phone. Yeah, call look at play. that, huh? But but let me before I get to that. You brought up Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I when you guys get through season two, wow. When you get through season two, yeah, it's like... going to be it's going to be something for y'all. You and Pat, when you get to it, it's going to be something for you. But. On that same tip, the anti Ted Lasso, hi Urban Meyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, wait, wait, wait. And on the same tip, hi Gino
18: Oriyama.
17: What happened with Gino? Did I miss that Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so Paige gets hurt. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so, so me, uh, me has the surgery out till February. BAP. So, of course, the that. team has to adjust. Right. All right, so you struggled the first couple of games because Paige was carrying about 60% of the load. But, uh, excuse me, you have fantastic draft classes or incoming classes every year. Mm-hmm. You got stars on that team. You don't immediately get on the mic and go, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, I see like, it.
17: Just, They're a powerhouse. <coughs> that team is a powerhouse. <laughs> just, just like whatever confidence those girls had on them, now we're supposed to follow this guy. This is what we gotta do. Uh, oh boy.
1: I don't know. I, I get I it, know. but he's a good coach. I mean, I know, that team know, is but, good but every single year. I mean, yeah, like powerhouse good.
17: Yeah, but it's not the tone you want. Right. I agree. Out there. I agree. Um, secondly, now now let's get to Durant and Irving. I was going to joke, quote unquote, joke that Kyrie has his first game back, and boom, they goes into. Their health and safety protocol. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> you know, how long but, is this going to last? But now Durant's got it, so <laughs> hey, hey, sorry, Mets. You know, yeah. Ben, um, you want
1: to meet me at Barclays? You want to go have a tryout today? Uh,
17: <laughs> that's that's okay. I gotta get I gotta go to work, and then after that booster shot. But, yeah, you know, oh,
1: that knocked me out. <laughs> let me tell you.
17: Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow got day off, so yep. that's why I get it tonight after work, and yep. then I'm knocked out for tomorrow. Yep. Um, Jets. Let's keep this real quick. Zach, you are an NFL quarterback now. You have to hit a two-yard pass. I know Ty Johnson is dropping everything under the sun, but when he is wide open and your ball essentially is a ground ball to the shortstop. (laughs) Yeah,
19: Yeah, I know. On on a screen
17: where he could have run forever. and, And that's not even the biggest transgression. Hey uh, Zach, I know you got the knee thing and all of that, but the best chance the Jets had was you keep on running.
1: Well, making those yeah. off-schedule plays, Ben, and that's what he was—that's what he was known for—is those off-schedule plays. Yeah. You know, the on-the-run, the, on the, the rollouts, and all that. And he, well, I guess he found out real quick that, that those don't always happen in, in the NFL level. They don't always go in the NFL like they do in college.
17: But, but. But here's the thing, right? They they took the far shot of the field on that one where he went 20 yards on the run. Mm-hmm. And you see all that green in front of him. I would accept that you kept on running towards the sideline and run out of bounds because you would have gotten about 15 more yards. But you went into the slide, and I'm like, there's nobody in front of you. <laughs> there's nobody. And the one defender was engaged with your wide receiver, mm-hmm. giving you the block. Like, right. dude. Yep. <laughs> No, uh, right there, I was like, yeah, we're going to lose this. This is. Hey, it, now, <laughs> that, now that, it's definitely... That's what
1: it was? It wasn't just suiting up and handing out there? That's oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh,
17: I am the optimistic, pessimistic Jet fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's not a thing like that. And finally, I will leave on this. There was a football team in New York that won. And even though I'm a Red Bull fan, I have to say, true gritted teeth, congratulations, NYCFC. For winning, that'll make uh, our, our Gotham, our Gotham uh, challenges even more fun next year just because my Red Bulls have been here a while and we haven't tasted that. So, congratulations. It's hard to get, especially winning in a place like Portland that is soccer crazy A and one of the hardest stadiums in America to win in. So, congratulations to y'all, guy. Coach, thank you for the time
1: enjoy and I'll be listening. Thanks, Ben, appreciate it. Hey, you know, uh someone asked me I guess the last time I was on that what is what will be the first major league team in this area to win a, a championship? And we got the answer, the soccer team. No one really No one really uh counts them in that, but I voted Brooklyn Nets and uh with uh Kevin Durant now in the COVID protocol, um, it's uh Going to be some slippery sliding there for the Nets, but you know what? Maybe this is all car- according to plan. They the Nets want they want the seed that's going to give them the most away games in the uh, in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs. So maybe this is all part of the plan. Maybe they don't want to be the number one seed. Ah, that's just the conspiracy theorist in me. All right, Madeline Burke is here. I'm looking at her through the glass, Pat. We can go to break, right? Get it all set up.
4: Yeah, I was just going to say maybe Steve Nash can suit up.
1: Yeah, well, we and you, we, we're going to go. We're going to go try out.
4: No, my jump shot is ugly.
1: Mm. I'm a good foul shooter.
4: You got to get there first. I'm a good
1: defender. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, right. I'm a good role player. I could take a charge, but not so much of a good shooter. I, I beat the sixth graders out in the playground, though. They're amazed by what I can do. <laughs> All right, coming right back up. It's uh, Marco Belletti update. Quick break.
11: The fan is on your smart speaker
12: to listen to the home of New York sports. Just say, "Hey Siri, play
7: WFAN."
1: McCartney in the midday here on the fan pat boyle has exited the building connor green has taken over he's taking your calls for the next and final hour it's me it's you and it's my first in-studio guest ever from msg network giants.com madeline burke i just gave my prediction on the giants cowboys game here madeline week 15 uh don't i'm not too optimistic let's just put it that way <laughs> what is your prediction feel of the game how do you think it's gonna go Well, hello. (laughs)
20: Um, You know, first of all, anytime you've got an NFC East game, anything is possible, right? Uh, I've been quoting Kevin Garnett all week with this one. Anything is possible. And it's why they play the games, right? And I think it's hard for Giants fans not to remember, for me at least, I remember that game. uh, The Giants had the 49ers, Nick Mullins, and like the third string everyone on that team. And they got beat by that team. Nobody thought that the that 49ers team could come in and beat the Giants a couple of years ago. So I don't think you look at a, a a game on paper and can say this is how it's going to go. But looking at this one on Sunday, I, obviously the Cowboys it's their division to lose right now. The Cowboys are playing incredibly well. So much for that hard knocks curse that we've seen so much of. Um but I think there's there's areas that the Giants can exploit. Um, you look at the fact that the Giant or the the Cowboys are going to be without their left tackle Tyron Smith, and it's a tangible difference when he is in and out of the game. When he is not in the game, the Cowboys offense struggles, and it is noticeable. Um, So that's going to be something that they can take advantage of. Dak is not playing at top level Dak. Dak is good. He's got a lot of tools. He's got a lot Mm -hmm. of options, but he's not at top level Dak, and not at top level enough to play to make up for the absence Since of Four touchdown defense. passes over the last five weeks. That's five. not great. And five interceptions over the last five weeks. Two of them last week, one of them a pick six. And, of course, this Giants defense has shown that they can do that. They haven't in the last two games. But mm-hmm. prior to the last two games, they had eight games in a row where they had at least one interception. And every game prior to the last two weeks, they had at least one takeaway. So this Giants defense, but, of course, they're coming into this with, what, five healthy defensive backs right now? Um it's a tough one. Uh, there's going to be, you know, you got to put on the field who you have. And every team is going through COVID. The Giants have had several players come up with COVID on top of the fact that they've got a couple guys with flu-like symptoms that are testing negative for COVID. But, hey, it's December. It's flu season. So, people are getting sick and there's a lot going around. Um, so, that that's one area I'm focusing on. And the other thing, too, that I'm noticing, I mean, the run game. The Cowboys run defense is something that, is not the strength. You know, they've got uh, areas of strength that the, this is an area that the Giants can take advantage. They need to run the ball. They need to get the ball in Saquon's hands. They need to get the ball in Devontae Booker's hands. They need to get the ball in Eli Penny's hands. Eli Penny has scored two touchdowns this season. That man can run the rock. And mm-hmm. we need to get this fullback just charging through. I mean, Cowboys run defense allowing four and a half yards per carry. Mike Lennon coming off a game last week where even he admitted, yeah, I didn't play as well as I should. I think anyone who watched that game knows Mike Lennon did not play as well yeah. as you'd want him to. Daniel Jones still dealing with that neck injury he's been seeing every doctor available and They're not ready to rule him out yet. He's been out on the practice field. He's been doing things in individuals. He's been getting work Been there. You're watching it. I'm watching it. He looks good. But again, the neck is such a delicate part of the body. You don't want to put him out there with 300-pound men running at him if there's a chance that this could be something that impacts him more severely. In life, not just in football. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because people forget, yeah, there's more to life than these 17 games. These guys are men with families and lives to live. Mm -hmm. And I think that the coaching staff and the training staff is all keeping that in mind and keeping that in in context as they're saying you know what yes we want to get you out there and and put this team in the best position to win but we also want to you know not hurt you more long term Um, prediction tell me give me a score oh man this is uh (laughs) i feel like this is one of those scores that could go anyway um but i'm gonna give it like a 21 17 score and I'm not going to tell 17. you who That's I have as winner. Yeah, it's real close. You know, I think I just I'm just pulling things out of a hat right now Optimistic. because at this point I I'm such a debilitating eternal optimist. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It's like everything in my world is raining Skittles all the time. But oh. I'm like, you know what? It's fine because all right, Ted Lasso. I, you know, you got to have a little positivity, especially around a team like this. I got to balance them out. All right,
1: let's do it. Let's go back to the calls 877 eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six Giants calls. Whatever you want to talk about, Kyrie Irving. Uh, and by the way, you guys. Uh, Kevin Durant has, if you missed it, Kevin Durant has entered the uh, league's COVID protocols. Eight nets are available. We're about to try out. That is, yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> I'm tall, but I'm a waste of height. You know, and I'm, I'm. We can combine and be a good player. I think. There we go. I'd be a big body in the paint. You know, like that old school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Bellme, New Jersey. Ira, you're up next on the fan. Go ahead.
16: Hi. I always laugh when people call you and say, "Do you remember my call?" but weeks ago but i do. sometimes I, I the
1: good ones stick out though ira they do
16: that's very sweet. weeks ago i can't I, ira, I can't
1: remember what i had for dinner last night but i can remember some good calls from 3 weeks ago that's i'm being honest for sure
16: <laughs> weeks ago i facebook messaged you cuz mm-hmm. my grandchildren have been living here since covid and i said i can't make a late at night call mm-hmm. and i just said to you that you must bring such enthusiasm to your classroom, hmm. and they're lucky kids because oh, of the enthusiasm you bring on the air.
1: I, I you know what? You I try sometimes. You know, it's a uh, it's a tough crowd sometimes, but I try. <laughs> I do my best every day.
16: <laughs> and I'm from Belmead. You even mentioned that you coach softball out mm. here at some point.
1: No, not uh, we never do- played there. No, I play. I coach in uh, Franklin Lakes, New Jersey.
16: Oh, okay. Sorry, I got confused. That's okay. Anyway, as a a teacher, and even people as a parent, know that when you promote bad behavior and don't set limits, it just keeps going on. I'm talking about Kyrie Irving. Right. But the way the world has always been, that if you produce income, whether you're a salesperson or an obnoxious diva, then none of those rules count. And it's always been true, and it's always incredibly immoral, but it'll never, never end. And that's what Kyrie Irving is. They should put a stop to him. Well, they should. When you do think him, you've always been an exception to the rule no matter what kind of idiot you are. And that's never changed and never will.
1: And you know what, Ari, you bring up a good point. And when I coach the team, and, and Madeline, when I coach a team, I try to keep the rules the same for all. Because I don't like, I mean, I, I like things black and white. I don't live in gray area in life, right? So when I was coaching with another man who allowed kids to go to a Sweet 16 party and not have any repercussions or allowed you know all these other things to happen and I have to stand there answering the questions for it, I don't like it. So what the Nets were doing when they came out and said, boom, here's the deal, and then they went back on the deal, that's the problem I have.
20: I can see what you mean there, uh, but I also think that the way that the world is going, the way the situation is evolving, we all have to evolve, right? You have to evolve or die uh, literally and figuratively. And when you look at the way that this COVID situation is panning out and you've got a guy under contract, a talented guy under contract, as you mentioned, they've got eight available players tonight. That's it. They had eight <laughs> available players. And so they could go to the waiver wire. They could go down to the G League. They could go down to the, you know, Dykeman and say, hey, who wants to play for us tonight? Or they could say, hey, we have a very talented player that we're going to have to just make a very specific circumstance. But desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think at one, at some point... This ownership and and this team is going to say, you know what? We do still believe what we said from the jump, but circumstances have changed. Mm. And unfortunately, when circumstances change like that, you kind of have to adjust and you have to make concessions. And you have to say, you know what? I don't actually believe that this is right, but this is what we have to
1: do to move forward. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess. I I just to me, we talked about. I mean, they're not going to trade him.
20: No. And so and and they're both sticking their feet and saying, I'm you know, Kyrie's saying I'm not getting the shot, I'm right. not getting vaccinated. The ownership's saying, All right, well, you're not gonna be playing and New York as a state is saying, Hey, well, here's the law. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. So that's not changing. Um, but again, when you are
1: limited and you're like, I need bodies, yeah.
20: I mean, they're gonna call Kyrie before they call you or I.
1: And they're still paying them. So yeah. I guess why not? And it's clearing. It, yeah, right. And it's not on him. It's 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 on it's just a unique situation with this whole thing being in New York it is, which is different than anywhere else in the country right now with all this in the NBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go to Douglas in the Bronx. You're up next, Douglas. Go ahead.
19: Hi, Danielle. Hey, and um, Madeline and Madeline. Hi, Madeline. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, <Douglas>. um, <laughs> Yes, uh, I want to talk about Kyrie Irving. But first, Danielle, did you see the season finale of the challenge?
1: I did. Oh, my God, I did. I cried twice.
19: Wait, surprised. I don't
1: want to, yeah, I cried at the end when, I don't want to give it away, but at the end, right, ha- right? I, th- I thought they were going to take it.
19: Well, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll be vague as well, but a great night for the Filipino community, overall on American television that night, because um, over on CBS, Survivor, a, a Filipino lady named Erica Kazupanen. First lady to win Survivor in four years. Oh, don't so. forget about the Italians,
1: C.T. Tamburello. He was part of that team there. That was It was one of the greatest finales I've ever seen on that show, and I'm serious.
19: So relating that to reality TV, Kyrie Irving, I'm going to give you a terminology about him. He's not a leader. He is a floater, which is you just do nothing, and then you float on all the way to the end. Although I hated I think- working
1: with those kids in my group projects.
19: I think uh, this seems like a a quick fix. This is not a long-term solution, but um, yes, uh, right. This is not sending a good message. And the fact that, uh, uh, right, uh, yeah, he's not getting the vaccine for that. And at this particular time of our world, that that, uh, with cases rising, that Oh, he comes back. It's just not a good look. Um, but like I said, he's a floater. He is the uh, the uh, nanny of the, of the NBA. <laughs> Nani does
1: float. You're right. She does. She does float. Um, but yeah, Douglas, getting you back to the Nets. I mean, it's a uh, and that's a reference, by the way, to the challenge on MTV. Um, but yeah, Kyrie Irving. Um, I, I said it in October. It sounds to me like this is a guy that doesn't want to play, or the regular season is below him, and then he's just going to come in. And I said it then, and it's shaping up to be. There was, I think, I counted 27 away games left, three of which are in cities that he is not allowed to play. Two at the Garden, one in Toronto. 24 games to ramp up for a postseason run. I think that's um, right on cue. I think. Let's go to Stewart in Brooklyn. You're up next on the fan.
20: Yeah, come on. Good afternoon, Daniel. And Madeline Stewart. There's two of us here, Stewart.
1: <laughs> Hello, Madeline. How are What's you?
20: Stewart, doing great.
5: Hey, Madeline, I miss Danielle in the morning. I, I We uh, all
3: overnight.
5: do. Oh, we miss you, Danielle. Thanks. Believe me. Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings are not
1: the same. But well, you can always listen the on morning. the replay. You can pretend that I'm on, on that sh- that hour. There you go. Cue no, it I, up. I,
5: I, Danielle, there's no pretending. <laughs> there's nothing like you in the morning. Come on. Stuart knows um, when it's real. He
20: knows. <laughs> we all know right. it's real,
5: Danielle. Danielle. What? Kyrie, please. You know, you're like you just said. This is all, they're bending the rules to make it work. And it should not be. And what the Nets did in the beginning by saying, no, they should have stopped by it. But the problem is, who are you going to get to fill fill out the team? I mean, have there's players available. It doesn't work. And uh, the fact that KD went on, uh, you know, enough. I mean, it's like with sports. Two of the NFL games have been postponed, mm-hmm. one today to Monday and one tomorrow till to Tuesday. So it's getting to be like uh, – it's getting to be uh, – hopefully it doesn't get back to where we were last year in the bubble and stuff. I mean, it's getting bad. But, but these guys don't – Kyrie doesn't – Kyrie thought, oh, I'm going to stay down, get paid, whatever. Fine, let them get paid, but you want to no know right. I'm not forwarding with Kyrie and his attitude and the way he goes about his business. Because you want to know what that's not a good role to set for, uh, for other players
1: and young kids. Yeah, you're right about that, Stuart. <laughs> as, as a coach myself, I, I wouldn't want kids coming in and out of my team. It just upsets the whole chemistry of the team, whether he's going to be practicing here, practicing there, meeting us in Toronto, or even meeting us wherever. It's just not good for the complexion of the team in terms of, of chemistry, I feel.
20: Yeah, well, and it's tough. And, you know, I... I understand from Kyrie's perspective, he believes in what he believes in and he is standing firm in those beliefs. And Mm -hmm. I respect that. Right. I don't necessarily agree with his beliefs, Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't have to because it's his beliefs. And, And he's also the one who's putting himself and his body in jeopardy by not, you know, doing these things and protecting himself and, you know, playing in a a public arena in a place where, you know, the outbreak is so severe that it's got the team to this place. Mm So um, these are his choices and he is standing by them and, and that's, that's fair, but it is tough from a team perspective to have that inconsistency and, and to have a guy who as talented as he is, hasn't been playing basketball games. You know, I mean, if he's working out in his home gym, if he's getting his workouts on the side, great but has not been playing in competitive NBA basketball games against competitive NBA talent. Which is a whole different level. Which is a whole different level. I mean, we see guys come back from injury, and it takes them a little bit of time to get back, not just because they got to get their body right, but because they got to get used to the flow of a game. And I think sitting out, being home, being away from practice, from games for that long— Is going to take Kyrie some time to get back into that flow to get
1: that muscle memory back, and even too like as a coach like setting setting a lineup like okay we're going to have him today here's the game plan when we have him here's the game you know I know they get paid a lot of money but it's just the players on the bench like and here's another question I have like okay so he's going to now take a roster spot right so then are they going to be down a roster spot when they're at home like how is that going to happen.
20: Yeah, there's so many questions about this. But at your big point, too, especially because home games versus road games, that's going to be the big difference. Are they going to run one offense? Are they going to run a different one at home? Are they going to have to – how do they install this? He can't practice right. with the team. So how do they right. install this if he can't be at practice? Is he going to be on a FaceTime iPad while <laughs> they're running through these drills and some coach is going to be marking his spots for him? I don't know. This is going to be quite the experiment, but the inconsistency – of like him popping in like whack a mole saying all right I'm here to play this right. is again this isn't
1: Dykeman. you can't just show up and grab a rock and say I'm ready to go well here's the other thing too and, and the final thing before we, we hit the break here is the other question is I have is um it's not like football where it's once a week right like these guys have three games a week like a like lot the, of it, like the installs. Yeah. Right. It, right that's a great point with the installs how, how are they supposed to figure out a strategy and implement it in practice I mean teaching went completely virtual right. we did it so maybe. They are going to do it. I laughed, but maybe that's how they're going to do it. But again, you know, doing these walkthroughs against, you know, planning for these opposing
20: teams, it, it takes a, you know, shoot around in the morning before a game and all that kind of stuff. There's so much preparation that goes in. It's not just you show up and play the game, and if he can't participate, it's going to throw the rest of the team off as well because right. not only are they trying to prepare for the opponent, and, but they're also trying to prepare for the spacing of their own teammates right. and that familiarity of knowing that this guy's going to be here and that guy's going to be there, yeah. and I can trust that.
1: So my dad said he heard a comparison between Joe Judge and Ted Lasso, and I can't unhear it. (laughs) So for anyone that has seen the show, is it a fair comparison? Think about it for a few minutes. Give us a call, 877-337-6666. It's Danielle McCartan, Madeline Burke, with you till 1 p.m. on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartney in the Midday here on The Fan. Connor, you bring it with the Demi Lovato, and I love it. This song means business, and so do we here on The Fan. I'm Danielle McCartan. She's Madeline Burke in studio, sitting right next to me. we got a bunch of you guys on hold. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. And you know what? Real quick, though. My dad the other day told me he heard a comparison between the Giants coach, Joe Judge, and the fictional head coach, of the fictional, let's just make sure we're clear here. Fictional. This is not a real thing. The English Premier League's uh, soccer team, AFC Richmond. So, for anyone who has never seen the Ted, Ted, the show Ted Lasso. Oh, because, it's it's brilliant. I want to include you in this too, yes. everybody, because it's a show on Apple TV. Yeah, it's won seven Emmys. It's really good. It's a comedy, and the premise of the show: it's an American football coach who moves to England to uh, coach a Premier League soccer league team. And he knows nothing about soccer. Like, literally on the plane ride there, they were reading books about, like, soccer for dummies. Yeah. And that's the premise. And the
20: premise, you're like, why would anyone ever do this? It it makes a little bit more sense if you watch the show. But it evolves, and it becomes one of the most feel-good, quotable comedies I, it's my favorite show. Like, I'm so sad we have to wait for another season. I'm like, I've not finished yet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> First of all, they dropped the best Christmas episode ever in August. Oh, yeah. And I'm oh. like,
1: how are we going to up- oh. do it? Well, now I'm timely with it. Oh, there you go. So, is Ted Lasso like Joe Judge? I, I'm going to say, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go, yes. <laughs> Number one reason being what you just mentioned, the use of cliches in the press conferences
20: hey, you know, taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse. You know, <laughs> if you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. That's 10 lasso. There you go. Good one. <laughs> that is, nailed it, nailed it. I mean, yeah. I mean, but also all coaches use cliches in press conferences. Mm-hmm. I mean, give me a coach that doesn't use a cliche in a press conference. Uh, I, and I don't know. I, I feel like I don't know how to do it. But, you know, I think one thing that... um In training camp this year, Joe Judge and Julian Love went back and forth in the media kind of trading. It was hilarious. It started because Julian Love randomly was like, yeah, Joe Judge always says, you know, in the Mississippi heat, it takes more than one set of hands to grease the pig. So we're excited to just work together collectively as a group. And Judge never said that. (laughs) Like, Julian Love was just being... I, I, you don't look at Julian Love and think oh yeah this guy is you know prankster or whatever like yeah. he was just having fun with it but I think that <laughs> judge just kind of leaned into it right and so we're at a, an open practice at a high school and judge is like yeah you know we had a great conversation Julian was telling me about how growing up he worked in Missisop- Mississippi at a renaissance fair you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was uh, he got some U- european title of ventriloquist he spent all these years at renaissance fairs and we just started sharing sayings he learned down there. It was kind of a cool thing. And I mean, just the fact that Judge is leaning into it, having yeah. fun with his players. Um, but what I will say is the one thing that about Ted Lasso that also stands out about Joe Judge is the priority of knowing each of these players as people, as individuals, and mm-hmm. and putting that relationship above uh all else. Yeah. You know, hey, I care about you as a player, I care about you as a person. And I want to put you in a position to succeed. I want to put you in a position to do the best and be the best version of yourself, whatever
1: that looks like. So let me play devil's advocate again. I- I'm not saying it's me, but some people might say, well, guess what? Joe Judge was a special teams coach. Ted Lasso never coached soccer. They're both uh, not equipped to manage and, and a he- be a head coach of a team. I would
20: say that Joe Judge's first day as head coach of the New York Giants, he did know what
1: offsides was. Uh <laughs> He did know the rules of NFL football. He didn't have to ask an assistant coach to didn't explain Didn't have to ask
20: him. him. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's – Ted Lasso still doesn't know half the rules. I couldn't tell you. Um, so, but, I, you know, I think Lasso is more of like an – I feel like I'm kind of cut from that same cloth of like, you know what? It's it's all fine. It's raining Skittles. We're, we're having a good day. Yeah, Can't be that bad. Even on your worst day, let's find a bright spot. So Um, I
1: had this beautiful idea this morning, like 6.30 this morning. I was like, oh, my God. That's when the best ideas come. I've done this before. Uh, I forget with who, but we're going to play. And if you guys would like to, 877-337-66. I got the answers right here. Don't cheat. Is it a quote from Joe Judge or Ted Lasso? Want to (sighs)
20: play? Smells like potential. (laughs) Let's do this.
1: All right. Let's go. And Connor, do you want to play too? You want me to give you one too. And then we'll go for the calls. All right. Connor's in on this. Madeline, you get one. Connor, you get one. All All right, right. Here we go. The quote is, and you tell me if it's Judge or Lasso. As the man once said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Oh, that's Lasso. No. Nope. Yeah, oh, that's oh, Lasso. You, oh, I shouldn't have said it right away. No, yes, that is Lasso. It. That is him. Hey, but Connor, have you seen the show?
4: I've never seen it. Oh, no.
1: no. One of the very few. Drop
20: everything. Go watch <laughs> it immediately, if not sooner. I don't want to
1: put you in a bad position. Do you want to play or no? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, he's down for it. Roll the dice.
20: You got a 50-50 All sense. right. How right. about
1: mm, Don't a- Have No in Your Heart? Every player on this field, every position group, the execution, it all come down to me. The fish stinks from the head down.
4: That, I do know, is Joe Judge. Oh,
1: man, I can't fully either of you guys. See, you know what? Look at us being right on top of that, Rose. All right, well, back, go back to the calls, 877-337-6666, and there's plenty more where that came from. If you guys want to play Ted Lasso or Joe Judge here on The Fan, <laughs> let's go to Anthony in the Bronx. You're up on The
18: Fan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I got two perspectives as a player and as a as a man. Um first of all I think we're complicating things too much about these practices about this when you playing ball you're balling so I think we're over uh complicating and ex- exacerbating the situation first of all you know as a ball player as a teammate it would really bother me that one of my guys is not around you know to go into the trenches with me but again again on the other side especially as a black man you know when a when when a man takes a stand uh, and he has some integrity about that stand. And I, I got to, you know, I, I got to respect that. And so there, there's two trains of thought here. One is he's he standing up for what is his beliefs, and I don't think the Nets are doing anything wrong. They're playing by the rules. They're going to let them play on the road mm-hmm. in cities where you know it's not he's mandated. Not you have to take shots. So, so my my thing is that um, he he made a decision uh, as a man, and I respect that as as a teammate. It would bother me a little bit because you're not in the trenches. But then again, that's my being a man and stand up for your beliefs would supersede even me being a teammate. And yes, I'm going to feel some sort of way because I want to win. It's about winning, but, and I know, right. I Anthony, know he's. And one, one more it. point, yep. and I'll let you one more point. Uh, when Curry is playing, and everybody has to agree to this, he's probably the best scoring guard in the game, including Curry. When he played against Curry in the playoffs, that's fine. He okay, no, Anthony,
1: that's fine. But, but. At what right. point does him coming in and out, like, like Madeline said before about like being like a whack-a-mole, at what point does is that conduct detrimental to the team?
18: Well, if it is detrimental to the team, and that's a good point, then that's a problem because team comes first. So let, let me just put that out there. So if then we're going to have to wait and see If the rhythm of then. the team, then team comes first. Got to put that out there.
20: And Anthony, you said yourself as a player, you've played in team settings. You know if you're one of your best players or if you've got a Kyrie Irving on your team, and he's there half the time. He's not practicing with you. He's not putting in the hours and putting in the sweat. Showing up for half the games and stuff like that doesn't that
18: throw you off a little bit too? Yeah, I'm gonna because I'm a manager on a regular job. So I think on a management level, yeah, I'm gonna feel some sort of way about that. Right. Definitely, that that's human nature, you know. Yeah. But then, but then, what supersedes that to me is uh, his his right to take that stand. And at the end of the day, can we win the championship? With this guy, but I, I get your point as a teammate. Yeah, that's it's gonna. I'm gonna feel some sort of way.
20: Absolutely, and no disrespect. Always supporting people. You know, when you believe in something that strongly and you put your feet in and that, you know, I I always support that. If that means that much to you, then it should. You know, I, it. Not everyone has to agree with Kyrie. I I've said I don't necessarily agree with him, but I respect that it means that much to him. Let's go to Pat in Bayside, New York.
1: You're up on the fan.
11: Hi, coach. Hi, Madeline. What's How you up, doing Pat? today? I want to talk about the Giants a little bit.
3: Yeah,
11: and I want to talk just primarily only on this particular season, from day one to now. Uh, you know, there's there's so many things I could say about all aspects of the team, but let's start out with uh, the the team itself. The team itself at its best with all its players there was probably no more than, you know, a little about 500 team. I guess if they would have ended that way, it probably would have been a successful year. But, of course, with everything that's gone on, no, it's not going to happen. I I actually believe that uh, Dallas is going to really hurt them someday. uh, As a betting guy, you know, 45-7 type game. There's nothing the Giants bring to the table. You could put every rose-colored glasses on that you'd like, Madeline, and spin it, <laughs> and spin it any way you, you like. Thank you. you can look at both sides of the ball, yeah. and including the special teams. They're horrible. Right now, right today, tomorrow, they are a horrible team. And they are poorly coached. The, their, their coach doesn't bring a lot to the table. I mean, he is a rah-rah guy, terrific rah-rah guy. If you want a guy going out there and say, hey, good job, guys, way to go, he's your man. But X's and O's and his time game management and all of the aspects of this team are really poor. The, there is no pass rush. Yeah. The linebackers are signing them off the street. they got four defensive backs, Maybe. Dallas is going to really put a hurting on them. And I do not see my New York Giants, who I love. them 71 years old. I don't see them winning another game this season. It's a real mess.
20: Yeah, I mean, I, it's tough. And a lot of people, you know, pointing to the clock management, the play calling, some of those things. And I agree. And, you know, last week you look at the fact like, oh, good, the Giants are three for three in the red zone. But then you're saying, okay, they only got to the red zone three times. That's not acceptable. That's not what you want to see you want to see them putting up points. And if they can't get all the way there, you want to see them putting Graham Gano in a position to kick a field goal to do that. That guy's money. You know he's Mm -hmm. going to make them. Um, The Giants offense has struggled. And I think all I'm saying is going into every game, you know, as much as I am an optimist, as much as I like to look at say, okay, here's what's possible, it is going to be a tough one. And, you know, 45-7, to it's not out of question. I'm not going to say that that's not going to happen. I think that there's just... uh, You know, they get on the field and they play the game every Sunday. And until they show me otherwise, I want to say, you know what? I do think that there are areas, there are things that this team could exploit. And if they execute, and the biggest thing is, you know, they got to not make the mistakes and not get in their own way. I think the Giants, the biggest issue they've had this season is getting in their own way and not being able to to punch the ball in the end zone, punch the ball in the end zone, these ticky tack, uh, penalties that they're they're coming up with as well Uh, so many things but that you know let the Cowboys make their mistakes because they will and capitalize off the Cowboys mistakes and don't make your own mistakes it's that simple execute be disciplined which is exactly what coach judge wants this team to be and it's about time for them to be it.
1: And there's only so much you can do. The other coach I used to coach with, I, I never get these expressions right. And he said, "There's only so much you can bleed out of a rock talent. You can bleed out of a rock or something like that." That's an That's interesting an older image. saying, yeah, yeah. But basically, saying like you can only you're only you can only work with what you have, Right. talent that you have, right? Yeah. So let's go. Chris wants to play Joe Judge or Ted Lasso. Chris in Bayshore, you
12: ready? Yeah, I'm ready.
1: Okay. Hmm. That's an easy one. Do you want, you, right. want, you, want you want an easy one or a hard one here, Chris?
9: Uh,
14: you can give me a hard
1: one. Okay. I think that you might be so sure that you're one in a million that sometimes you forget that out there you're just one in 11. Uh,
8: that's a tough one. Um... That's
12: gotta
1: be Lasso. Yeah, it is. Nailed it.
20: About Jamie. What was his last name? Jamie. Stop it.
1: Stop it. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Chris. That's is that it? Bad. You want to make a Giants or That's it. You just wanted to play. No,
8: well, no. I, I love you guys' work. You, you're both great individually. It, it's, it's a good show. It's a fun show. Um, I just, I just think. I, I mean, I love Lasso. Can't stand Judge. So I think. Um, I, I you know, I hope that you know, I'm wrong about Judge, but who knows? Um. But the show is great. Oh, That's about it.
1: Thanks, Chris. I appreciate Well, thanks, that. Chris. We appreciate that. And with that, um, we can continue that game because I have plenty more where that came from. But um, have you heard yet that none other than Adam Guru himself is interested in the head coaching vacancy in Jacksonville? That the Jaguars are also interested? No, this is not a fictional TV show. This is real life. Your thoughts on that? Jaguar. On, <laughs> on Urban Meyer's pink slip oh, and boy. more. I'm Danielle McCartin. she's Madeline Burke, and this is your last chance to get aboard here on The Fan in New York City. Welcome back to McCartan in the midday here on The Fan. This is your last chance to get aboard at 877-337-6666. we got about 10 minutes left of the show. Madeline Burke is sitting to my right. You having fun?
20: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Good.
1: Good. Real quick. Real quick. Um, It appears as though we have gotten gaffed. Is is that the right use of that term? Got, got. We got got.
20: little bit. We got yeah. got.
1: Connor Green was like, hey, you and Carton saw the same report, and it was a, a Twitter account that was a troll account. And uh, you know what? Jacksonville would have been crazy to even look at Adam Gase anyway, Adam Guru anyway. That that would have been even worse than Urban Meyer, in my opinion. I don't know, You got a suggestion for them, though? Yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer, first of all, when people
20: show you who they are, believe them. This shouldn't be a surprise if you <laughs> followed him at Florida, at Ohio State. Yeah, he won there, but, I mean, same guy, different location. But... um. I think, you know, with a young quarterback, with the Trevor Lawrence type guy, one guy who's available who I, I think should be in the conversation, I don't know if he will be with Jason Garrett. You know, we saw how he worked with Dak early in his career. We saw how well he and Daniel Jones got on. And, yeah, you know what, he's not a great offensive play caller. But as a coach, as a, a stable guy, as perhaps the opposite of Urban Meyer uh, off the field, he's a very football guy. He, you know, presents as a little bit more of a Boy Scout I think that might be something that the Jaguars need to tend in that direction. And somebody who is an offensive-minded coach, who can nurture a young quarterback, who has prior experience, and who can also build a staff around him that can you know, put some uh, position to succeed around.
1: Usually the pendulum swings in, in the opposite direction of what just happened. So I think that might be a good pick. Yeah, we'll yeah. see.
2: All right, let's go uh, Lou
1: in Astoria. You're up next on The Fan.
2: Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, Lou? Nice to hear two beautiful females on, on, on the fan. I mean, it's something different. I appreciate it. I Listen, think... I'll be quick. We'll change up. with Kerry Urban, yeah. the problem is that I have I agree with one of you guys, that, or both one. of you guys. One or both? Which one? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> just, kidding. I'm let, just kidding. Let me make my statement, and then you see who, who's ahead. right who's wrong. Oh. I, I believe that this guy, he has the right to say, hey, I'm not, gonna, I'm not getting vaccinated. But to not to be with the team 100% is very wrong. Listen, quickly, Who is the most popular player in New York City? Patrick Ewing. No, Derek Jeter. Oh, right oh, oh, oh <laughs> that was a trick question.
1: Well, I, yeah, thought yeah, you're I thought you were talking about basketball. No, here. but I'm
2: saying, look, I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah, okay. And the reason why, talking about team, because I, I always play baseball, you know, even in the minors. It's about the team. It's like a family. When Derek Jeter, every time the Yankees had a brawl, and he's the captain of the team, and he stood in front of the doghouse, step, laughing, and not getting involved, that kills me. That's why once in a while, and I know how how, how Danielle loves Derek Jeter. Hmm. That's the problem that I have with him. You guys take care. It's the, and like I say, it's beautiful listening to you guys. Take ah, care. Thanks, Lou.
1: Appreciate thanks for it. tuning in. <laughs> Let's go Jay in Connecticut. You're up next on The Fan.
7: Yeah. Hey, uh, Danielle and uh, Madeline. Uh, thanks for having me on today. Thanks for making the call. Um, hey, listen, I'm a uh, longtime Giants fan and uh, certainly uh, – have enjoyed uh, following the Giants over the years, and especially uh, with Madeline. I think you do a great job as a spokesperson for the Giants, uh, following you on the Giants app and also on your Instagram. She account. does an awesome job. <laughs>
20: Thank you so much for saying
7: yeah, that. You're, ter- you're terrific. Uh, I hope you stay for a long time with the Giants. I
11: appreciate uh, you.
7: But I have a question for you. Um, uh, I, along with uh, several Giants fans, are very, uh, I'm sure, nervous about our friend Daniel Jones and uh, for next year. Yeah. What do you think we should do? Should we, uh, you know, have them sign up for next year and uh, and also uh, draft another quarterback, or should we try to get like a Russell Wilson? Or what do you think we should do, uh, Madeline?
20: Well, I think the Russell Wilson situation is a tough one because if you're going to make that move, it's going to require at least three first round picks, right? And. Also, the Giants are strapped for cap space. So if they get Russell Wilson, they still don't have the cap space to beef up that offensive line, which is still struggling. They are also signing a 33-year-old quarterback, which is a small window you you have for success. You need to have some success within the next three years. And then in those next three years, you need to find the next quarterback. Because if you're getting Russell Wilson, you're saying Daniel Jones is not it. And then you're moving forward. And then you're going to draft another quarterback who can sit on the bench and learn from Russell Wilson, but I think for the Giants, it's more valuable uh, in the big picture to use those first round draft picks to beef up the offensive line, to build where they're at with daniel jones it's hard because that neck injury is tough you want to see more from him you want to see him on the field they haven't had the opportunity this season to see a full picture and also it's been kind of unfair to him too because in his career he hasn't had a solid offensive line in front of him who's another guy who had to deal with that andrew luck and his career was cut short because Mm -hmm. of that daniel jones dealing with this neck injury the giants are making it very much a point to say we're going to put you in a position to not get back on that field until we know you're healthy because we don't want you to be like Andrew Luck. We don't want to beat you around and
1: then have you sail off into the sunset without any success. The problem is I just don't like the the whole idea of mortgaging the future. Three first-round draft picks That's at a lot. minimum for That's a team a that has a bunch of holes. I'm not into it at all. Yeah. Kevin in Ocean City, you're up on the fan.
11: Hey, how are you?
1: I'm good, Kevin. We have about five minutes and a couple calls, so if you can keep it as okay, short as possible, three, we'd appreciate it.
8: Three things. First thing, Kyrie. I'm glad Kyrie's coming back. The NBA misses him. Best hand I've ever seen in my life. He's a great player. Um, yeah. and Zach Wilson. Has anybody has anybody checked to see if he needs glasses? I mean, this short passes. He's missing too much. Maybe he doesn't see well. Maybe get him those Eric um,
20: Dickerson rex specs.
8: And one more thing, um, we we don't know. The pundits don't know. I don't know. But the players know Mike White should be starting. They're a different team when Mike White starts for the
19: Jets.
1: Well, Kevin, uh, that that could be a good point. I mean, we're into the part of where Zach Wilson might be in over his head. But, you know, he sat and he watched with the clipboard for weeks. Yeah. Now it's time to, in my opinion... Get in there and do it.
20: Yeah, I mean, this is your draft pick right here. You spent a lot of capital on this man. You want to put him in a position to get as many reps as he can and get out there and see what you got before you really decide if you're going to move forward.
1: And I don't think the Jets know what they had in Mike White before yeah. any of this, especially right. the Flacco thing. I'm mean, like, how do you trade for Joe Flacco and then Mike White goes in and lights it up? I mean, I don't understand. Yeah, who saw that coming, Sal in Keyport? You're up
3: next on the fan. Hey, ladies, happy holidays. Happy it's holidays, a Sal. Here different voices around this time of year. I just love it. Real quick, my dad told me once long ago, don't ever pick a New York team to be your favorite team (laughs) because you'll have to read about them all the time. So I picked the Green Bay Packers back in the 70s, and I lived terribly for 20 years. My brother picked the Green Bay Packers
1: and uh, (laughs) Brett Favre, and he's uh, happy, and we're not. None of us are. There
3: you go. real, Real quick with the Giants and the Jets, they got to clean house from top to bottom. The Jets, oh, if the Jets are ready. They just cleaned house. I know, but maybe not, maybe not completely. But that staff has got to—he's got to surround himself with experienced guys. I mean, Salas looks like a great defensive player, uh, coach. Mm-hmm. But it's not. But he
1: does. Sal, have you seen the Jets' defense and and all the categories <laughs> that they are last ranked last
3: in. I know that's why you got to change everything. But also, when you think about how frequently you
20: change bit. everything, how can you really build anything if you're changing it up every two years?
3: I understand that, but you know what it is? I think it's in the main office. That's where the changes got it. the scouts, the people that are are putting these people in place. They're the ones that have to be changed. I, I
1: stick But how, Sal? How that's far the, up are you going? They changed the J, the GM. They changed the head coach. You know what?
3: I, I'm going from. From the owner, he gets the pass, more or less because he owns the team. But everybody else in that main office has got to go. Fire them all. That's <laughs> it. Madeline, just fire them all. <laughs> just clean slate. Wipe
1: it out. <sighs> I love those calls. Connor, I love those calls. Just They just did that. But they just did that. But clearly, they got to do it again. I mean,
20: I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's tough to say. And I think, too, there's so many
1: circumstances to, to, to keep in mind with these things. And... Oh, man. Well, I mean, it's it's December 18th, and neither of the teams are playing for anything, and this is kind of the talk that we have. Well, you
20: know, they're playing for themselves and for their individual futures at this point, too. I think every time you go out onto the NFL field, you're putting tape out there as who you are as a player. And I think all of these players, if you're playing NFL football... If you're a professional athlete, you shouldn't be mailing it in at this point of the year. You should be saying, hey, I am getting paid to play the game at a high level. The game I love, the game I have been playing since AAU or high school or D1 or D3 college for some of these guys. And I think that that needs to be the priority and say, you know what? I'm going to put my best foot forward on this field. I'm going to go out there and show them what I am. And if I don't end up in the New York market next year, if I end up somewhere else, because that's how it is. It's a small league and, you know, a lot of moving pieces. And as, you know, as Jay just said, if they clean house with the players, these guys are going to be looking for a place to go. They want to have some good tape out there.
1: Uh, the Jets I have, uh, if not the youngest team, uh, average age or close to it. Close to it. They're going to yeah. be in Miami with they're eliminated from the playoffs i think it's a disaster waiting to happen
14: oh
20: boy you know shout out to 11 though
1: (laughs) live 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 all right thanks to all the callers could not have done this without you guys i love coming here and talking with you all in the daytime in the daytime thanks so much for having me danielle but hey listen madeline you're welcome back anytime i hope you guys enjoyed her my first ever in studio guest if you missed any portion of today's show hit the odyssey rewind feature select the start of the show pat boyle connor green excellent job behind the glass. And Marco Belletti on the updates. I'll be back with you guys a bunch over the holidays starting Christmas Eve, 10 a.m. In the meantime, you guys know where to find me on social media, at Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Let's keep the conversation going throughout the week. Enjoy the games tomorrow. And we've got the JR Sports Brief coming your way up next here on The Fan in New York City.
3: Sports Radio 101.9 FM.